good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, so I would be Glenn. Griffin is back. Resplendent in pink. Are you going to see Barbie today? Uh, no, I don't know. It's just the shirt that was on the top of my drawer. I regret it. I was like the only guy in the theater not wearing pink. I regretted it. I wore... It was an immersive experience. I wore a shade of pink when I went, just kind of coincidentally, and I was like, okay, good. Yeah, you fit right. I mean, I don't know what it was like for you, but this it was an event. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I went, was. again, five weeks after the movie came it out. Was, well, I went on Bargain Tuesday as well, so the ah. theater was really packed. Was, Is that Maybe that's why I... Yeah. I went on a Tuesday. Oh, maybe okay. that's the reason why it was so packed for me. I was blown away. <laughs> All right, a lot to do on a Friday edition of the program. Coming up this morning, Jacob Webb. I don't know if you've heard, he hasn't allowed a run. This is going to be one of the all-time superstition conversations we're ever going to have. (laughs) Because the first question is going to be, how superstitious are you? And if the answer is yes, I don't know what we talk about. (laughs) Like, how do we avoid the thing? And then what happens if he gives up a run this weekend? Am I going to get yelled at? It's obviously our fault, yeah. There was a small part of me that almost kind of wanted him to give up one. (laughs) <laughs> like last night. Just get it out of the way. Yeah. Right? Like, still in the game. Just give up one so we don't have to worry about that. But be we'll, like something fluky, like an infield hit or something. Yeah, right? so it's we like, don't even, we're yeah. not even blame him. Right. Yeah. Jacob Webb will join us uh, a little bit later on this morning. Also today, it's Friday, so no Stan, unfortunately, as I don't even remember what Stan had going on, but I'm sure it's it's important, <laughs> and, and I'm not... Offended? Really, I don't remember. What I don't Stan remember had going on today. I just remember being. Yeah, I'm not gonna be here. For I think me. it might have been a birthday party. I think it might have been like a 99th birthday party. I, actually, that, that does to. sound right because I do remember him saying something about. So that's okay. Things. That's okay. Uh, Bo Smoker will join us like he does every Friday. We'll get you ready for uh, the Buccaneers. The there, fi- there has been 99 birthdays though. So like, what do you mean? Well, like if there's already been 99 birthdays for this person, yeah, right. There's, like, another, there's probably this a, one. I know yeah. this is the one that he had to be. So. I mean, I'm, I am certainly not going to judge that. Um, uh, Bo Smoke will check in with us. We will uh, preview Ravens Buccaneers the preseason finale. Also, our buddy uh, KZ is going to stop by the studio a little bit later on to help us make our first picks of the season. Week zero in college football. Only three games that we're going to pick, so we'll also talk some uh, fantasy with KZ and whatever else is on his mind. And uh, John Kelly, the chairman of the Maryland Cycling Classic. We're just over a week out. From the Maryland Cycling Classic in uh, Baltimore County and Baltimore, we will look forward to chatting about that. So all that coming up on the program today. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. Use the code GlennClark23. After you see how Andrew Stecka makes his picks today, what you do is you go to Superbook, put in that code GlennClark23, make your $250 deposit, and then pick any of those games and bet the opposite of that. With your $250, because the good news is, the most likely scenario is, Andrew's going to be wrong, you're going to win that bet, make a bunch of money. Worst case scenario, blind squirrel finds a nut. Somehow, miraculously, Andrew Stecka gets one right, and you still get $250 worth of free bets moving forward. So, win-win. Glenn Clark, 23, is the code, superbook.com, the Superbook app, in order to take advantage of that offer. Uh, fun night. Fun night at the ballpark last night. I had to wait a little bit, but uh, turned out to be a very fun night. Didn't got off to a rocky start, but still turned out to be a fun night. The funny thing was, like, I could have sworn that Kyle Gibson was bad Kyle Gibson for, like, I was like, oh, no, this is, we're doing this again, huh? 
And not because the first couple innings were fine, yes. and then They're perfect. You know, they load the bases. Right. Yeah. And you're and like, like okay. oh boy, oh boy. Um, but ultimately, clearly, he manned up and gave him eight innings. That was some big boy stuff. Um, kept the bullpen fresh, other than Felix Batista, of course. But it's not like Felix Batista was overworked. He'd pr- presumably be available tonight, at least. Um, and again, you, you get a little bit of a respite, we think, with the Rockies being who's coming to town this weekend. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. That was that. That's the thing. If you're the mercenary here. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Kyle Gibson, who I think has been awesome in the community. You know, obviously he did the Top Golf event. He's really got connected with local charities. Extraordinarily likable fella. But like he's, this is the you're here for a good time, not for a long time thing. He's got to be the guy that you're, you're throwing until his arm falls off. And so I thought it was bold to put him back out there for the eighth inning. I was like, wow, yeah. that's, you know, this is not a, this is not a five run game that we're talking about. But. Um, Boy, that was big boy stuff. Big boy stuff from Kyle Gibson last night. And obviously Cedric Mullins, you love to see. First of all, it's both him and Santander, the two of them. Two guys that had just dipped a little bit that you know are better than what the trends had been in the last three or four weeks. And with Mullins, it was you know easy to say, well, he's coming off the injury again. With Santander, he was clearly dealing with something. Those two guys needed to be more significant contributors for this team to be able to accomplish something of significance. And to see both of them get into the mix last night, Mullins with a couple extra base hits, and obviously the the throw. Who would have thought that the thing that we would be talking about with Cedric Mullins is the throw? Um, And then Santander with the home run, three home runs in his last two games. Just all sorts of good there for those guys. So you hope that carries over. And uh, they continue to uh, have strong closes to the season because that would make a world of difference for this team. That's about it. Like, this is the nice part is that I don't have to do the bit where I'm like, oh, weird, you know. I'm I'm over. I'm not going to talk anymore about the decision to not put Felix Batista in the other night. I'm not going to do it. They get to sit back and say, well, we won the next two games. And, you know, they do. They get to say that. Whatever would have happened, they said, we're not going to lose the next couple of games trying to win this one, and they can sit back and say, and we didn't. Mm -hmm. We won the next two games, we won the series. There is debate about, would you have won all three of these games in this series, and would you be up three games in the AL East instead of two? I don't know. The Rays all of a sudden want to be a baseball team again. Well, they played the Rockies this week, so... You hope that there is a similar benefit to the Orioles. What do the Rays do this weekend? They, uh, where are they this weekend? Uh, I'll, t- I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I thought I thought this was your area. Right. I thought this was your uh, They host the Yankees. Uh, that doesn't seem very helpful. No, it doesn't. The Yankees stink. <laughs> oh, this is the... This hey, is now the, we're rooting. By the way, this is the eternally awkward thing, because what you just said there is a conversation I've had a million times over the years, which is in this situation where you know you're supposed to, quote-unquote, root for the Yankees... To be abundantly clear, I will not. <laughs> now, I will acknowledge after the game that if they won, it was a more pleasant result for the immediacy of the Orioles. But what I will not do is look up at a TV, say tonight, when we're over at uh, yeah. 105.7 The Fan, well, we see Aaron Judge hit and if it's on run. MLB Network or whatever, I'm not going to look up at the TV, see Aaron Judge hit a home run, and give a fist pump or something. I will not do that. That will not happen. There are certain things that I, it's the, you know, you're competing with the, the Bengals for a playoff spot at the end of the year, and the Steelers are playing the Bengals. So you, you're like, well, we want the Steelers to win. 
No, we know the Steelers winning is a better result. What we don't want is the Steelers winning. They're two very different things. And some people are like, well, I can separate. Nope. (laughs) Well, you're wrong. Nope. You can do whatever you want to do. I don't care. What I can say is I know what's ultimately better, and I am capable of acknowledging that when it's over. But while it is happening, no, sir. No, thank you. I will. I shan't be doing that. There are lots of things that I am willing to do, but what I will not do is high-five my buddy when Deontay oh, yeah, Johnson won. scores a yeah. T- yeah, correct. I'm not doing that. That will never happen under any circumstances. So you may do whatever you would like to do. And I am not going to judge that, that. You know, this is the nice part. This is America, right? <laughs> I'm not going to judge you in these circumstances. You may do whatever you'd like. But what I'm going to do is be quiet. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. I'm not going to root against the Yankees in this circumstance. Right. But if the Yankees do get their brains beat in, I am also still going to have some joy in that. <laughs> I will acknowledge it's not great for the, the immediacy, but don't get me wrong, it's still the Yankees getting their brains beat in, and I can't not enjoy that. There's no part of me that's capable of not saying, ah, 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 ah. Can't, can't do it. Just the way that it goes. So, um, you know, that's all. That's all I got for you. That's all I can say. Just, uh, just we, ha- have the separation of your you're not rooting for the Yankees, but you're also okay with the Rays losing. Is that yes? Or, or, I will again. It's it's post tense. It's yeah, the tense. Right. In the moment, I can't do it. After it's over, I am capable of acknowledging. I'm capable of saying that was a good thing for the Orioles. But in the moment, what involves an active you know, nature, when I have to do something, when I have to actually be the one to say, yay, or something, I can't, no, 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 allergic to that. Just not going to happen. We are not going to have a surprise visitor today, oh, okay. by the way. All right. Um, just the way that it goes, uh, we, we were hoping that maybe we would uh, surprise you guys with a visitor to the studio today, but not going to happen. Maybe we'll see. He's going to be around for a little bit. Maybe okay. we'll see if we can't uh, figure out another time to make that possible. Um, all right. So anyway, yes, the Orioles win. So Cole Irvin's going to go tonight. So still don't know. And it's still weird. Again, I would like to have thought that if there was any doubt whatsoever, that Jack Flaherty would not be in the rotation still. I, I just, I, I can't believe that, that if they had any doubt, Sunday is when this kind of becomes must be back. Because by Sunday, you're now on normal rest for Grayson Rodriguez. And I'm pretty sure the Orioles wanted to avoid normal rest for Grayson Rodriguez. That, at most, they wanted him to pitch every sixth day. So Sunday is when this all comes into to view. If he's not back by Sunday, again, they, they do have the option. And one time, Grayson Rodriguez pitching on five days rest instead of six probably won't end up being the difference in whether or not Grayson Rodriguez can pitch in the postseason. But I would think that's when it comes clear. Like, if he's not going to be back by Sunday, why in the world were you holding a roster spot instead of just... This isn't the old days where you had to put him on the the IL for 15 days. You've got a 10-day IL. That's... If he's going to be out for six, you might as well use the roster spot. So, I, I would think... 
there's no way he's he's actually in danger of not pitching this weekend or else I think they would have already gone ahead and made the move. Or maybe they make it today. I guess it's possible they make yeah. it today. Because what they, would the retroactive, I guess, IL would start? Would it start his after his last, last start? Oh, okay. That was the 15th, so we're already on like... I don't know. I got. You know what? I got to be honest with you. I don't okay. know what all the rules are for that. I don't know enough about what the rules are for how far back you can go retroactively to put someone on the, the IL. But yes, you would assume that they would have that. I, I, that's why I just got to believe that they think that he can start this weekend. We will see. The other news yesterday, of course, was Danny Coulomb's back. Nick Vespi goes. This goes back to what we're talking about in the fact that you have... All of a sudden, there's a weird like competition for roster spots in the postseason among relievers. Because somebody still... like It was easy to say, well, Vespi's probably going to go. And it might be easy to say, well, both probably won't have a role in the postseason. If Irvin's your long man in the postseason, then what is Austin Voth's role? Like, he can be on the team right now, but in the postseason, what is he? But with all of John Means, Tyler Wells, maybe D.L. Hall? That's such a maybe for me. Like, I, I have to leave. I, I don't know how to talk about it. Right. But certainly Means and Wells, you assume, are going to be part of your postseason roster. And they... What? They have to, do they have to come up? No, they just have to be on the 40-man. Okay. Okay. They don't have to be on the active roster. All, right. Anybody has to be on the 40-man. And the IL, the being injured, still oh, that's counts. that's true. That's true, yeah. Like, so for Means, he's good because he's on the IL. For Wells, he's good because he's on the 40-man. Just have to be on the 40-man by the, the start of September. The furthest back you can... Uh, it, back date is three days for the IL, retroactively. Okay. So, it, so to your point, yeah, it makes sense that they if, if would have done it if probably that Right, day if of. there's doubt that you... Because then you could go back three days and you'd be talking about a week, mm-hmm. right? So I would like to hope that they were certain that he was going to be able to pitch this weekend. But that's the conversation for a different day. Again, I'm looking at the postseason. We had this conversation, I don't know if it was yesterday while you were gone. But I just kept looking at the number of, and I get it, somebody probably, I hate saying it, but there's the option, the possibility that somebody else gets hurt between now and then. That's the way that it goes. But you look now, and with Coulomb back and Vespi gone, Voth is the only obvious one that definitively doesn't likely have a role in the postseason. And could that change because Voth is just great between now and the start of the postseason? Sure. But he's the obvious choice. If Irvin's your long man, what is Vos' role? And then the question becomes, well, if you think that John Means isn't ready to be a starter but could be your long man, then is there not a role for Irvin? But he's pitched well enough of late that I, I'm not inclined to leave him off the postseason roster. I brought this up yesterday because we were talking about Fujinami, who to me is the guy That's... that seems to be maybe in somewhat danger of not having a postseason role at the moment because... It's never been defined. I don't know if Bauman can work his way back into the conversation at some point, but it was a similar story. Bauman just never really had a role. He was being used in all sorts of ways. Sometimes it was great. Sometimes it was a mess. I don't know that at this point there's a way for Bauman to work his way back into the conversation. The lefties presumably are safe. You're going to want to have multiple lefties available to you, so both Perez and Colom are almost certainly safe. And Perez obviously has pitched well. Coulomb had pitched well enough all season, and Perez has pitched well enough of late that you would. And I get it. There's still we're still talking about there being a month and change left here. But if you assume that certainly Wells and Means are both going to be back, the only obvious one at the moment is Voth. 
That's the only obvious one that you would say not on the postseason roster. Somebody else would not be part of the postseason roster from this group. And that's why I think Fujinami, Yeah, just for as much as we know the talent is there, for as much as we see that he's capable of throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. Just wildly, wildly inconsistent. So that the guy that we saw the other night in a no-leverage spot, yeah, you know, if you can see that guy a few more times, all of a sudden you want to have him on your postseason roster. But the guy that we've seen, the notion that you're going to have a lot of no-leverage spots in the postseason, you don't need more guys that are in no-leverage usage you need leverage guys when you get to the postseason so i do think that fujinami is sort of under the microscope moving forward for a playoff spot and again injuries can change all of this and who knows if there's a dl hall factor or not because i i literally have no clue what the orioles think of dl hall i would like to see him in the bullpen i would like to see him pitching and see if he can't be helpful i mean hell if you're gonna give fujinami a shot why wouldn't you be giving dl hall a shot what am I missing here? Uh, he's got great stuff. He's just wild. Sounds familiar. Like, what? Why is it the Fujinami is the better option than DR? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we'll continue to monitor that over the coming weeks and, uh, and who is uh, ultimately going to be on the postseason roster. Yeah, Orioles uh, open up the series against the Rockies tonight. As I mentioned, Cole Irvin on the mound against Kyle Freeland. Uh, they have not announced the starters for the next two days, so we presume that one of them ends up being Flaherty, and that keeps Rodriguez on track to start uh, on Monday instead. But if necessary, they pitch him on five days. It's, it's normal rest. It is. It's not. You're not pushing anything by having him pitch on Sunday. It's just because you're trying to limit the innings, you would assume they really don't want to do that. Maybe if they don't use both the next couple of days. Yeah. They could make both start on Sunday and then keep Grayson Rodriguez for Monday. Like maybe that would be an option. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, do you want to grab a break or do we? Are we yeah. calling? Yeah. We. Uh, we, we I, I don't. I don't know. You tell me. You're. You're the we, captain. I guess you're we grab the a captain break. here. Let's grab a break. Right. We'll grab a break when we come back in. Bo Smoke will join us. We'll get ready for Ravens Buccaneers tomorrow night in Tampa. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you are in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports & Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks to indulgent steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLING. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. 
The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. That first six. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Friday edition of the program. It's brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Friday. That means it's time for us to catch up with our press box, Ravens beat writer, Mr. Bo Smolka, who's back with us now here on GCR. Bo, good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, sir. Uh, I want to play an exercise with you, if I could, as we go into this final preseason game. I want to give you a name, and I want you to give me like what the reality you think is for them at this point in their fight to try to make the Ravens roster. Can we do that? Sure. All right. Let's start off with one that I, there's a lot of movement about, Tylon Wallace. His likelihood to make the roster? Yeah. I think it's high. I think it's very high. Uh, I think that if, you know, I know there's a sense that there's five – wide receivers that are a lock to make the team, Beckham, Flowers, Bateman, um, Nelson Aguilar, DuVernay. 
And it, will the Ravens keep six receivers, right? That's always been the question. Would they dare keep seven? Probably not. But would they keep six? Probably. Uh, and of all that other group that's there, I think Tyler, Tyler Wallace has clearly jumped to the front of them, and he's been a proven special teams player. And clearly in this offense, or on this team rather, that number six receiver, number five receiver, they've got to be able to do something on special teams. And because they're not going to be on offense, they're not going to put five and six receivers on the field that often. He's a great special teams player. He showed it, and they love him as a special teams player. Now he's proven more and more as a wide receiver. So I absolutely think he's moved up. Um, how about uh, Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon, I would put as, uh, I don't know how your scale is there. I do not think he makes it. I just think, again, looking at numbers, will they keep three running backs? Will they keep four running backs? And we're not counting Patrick Ricard here. I'm kind of considering him with the tight ends. My opinion is they'll end up keeping four running backs, but the fourth one will be Keaton Mitchell, the mm-hmm. undrafted rookie from East Carolina. I just think when you – I think he's, uh, Mitchell has shown enough and he's shown this kind of burst. And let's face it, they've got Dobbins and they've got Edwards and they've got Devin Duvernay who are all entering contracts here. Keaton Mitchell has done some kick returning. I think it bodes well for him with what he's shown, and I think it wouldn't hurt the team to have a good young running back in the fold. So in my mind, Mitchell goes on the team ahead of Gordon. I think you add into the mix, like it, it, does Gordon have a special teams role? I don't think you can be a, a fourth running back on a team without having a special teams role. I just don't think that math works. I agree with that. So next up, you brought him up, Patrick Ricard. Yeah, Patrick Ricard is a very interesting one. Uh, I think I think he's there. I know a lot of people are saying if there's a surprise cut on this team, it might be Patrick Ricard. Um, I, I, I don't see it. I mean, I think that's much more the case next year when there's some real salary cap gain to be had there. It's not quite as much this year. And I know people are saying, well, how is Ricard going to fit into this Munkin offense? And I think there's a question there as well. And we're certainly not going to see as much of him as we did last year. But in that last preseason game, we did see what he can do. as just an absolute battering ram of a blocker. He made a catch out of the backfield. He, he still does those things. So I know he's at this point, if, the, if he's going to be diminished in this offense, he becomes pretty expensive uh, for what you're asking him to do. But you're also giving up quite a bit of dead money if you, if you get rid of him. Um, I don't see it. I think I think he's on the team. He is Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. We're kind of looking at the Ravens roster and some of the bubble questions. Uh, Josh Johnson, the quarterback, will be the next up on the list. In my mind, he does not make it, and I'll say that I, I'm still of the opinion the Ravens will just keep two quarterbacks, and I know that <clears> – <throat> There's now the light. There's this new rule in place where a third emergency quarterback can be available, but that player has to be on the 53-man roster for that to apply. And the Ravens were actually one of the teams pushing for that rule. But here's the thing: <clears throat> they have to ask themselves, what is the likelihood that that would come into play at any point, versus using one of those roster spots on someone that we know will be needed more often than a potential emergency third quarterback and if you do have need a third quarterback <clears throat> I mean in a game situation you're you know you're in a tough spot no matter what if you're down to your third quarterback but I think because I thought well Tyler Huntley's hurt so this changes things and maybe John maybe they keep Josh Johnson for that purpose 
I don't think so. I think they end up keeping a quarterback on the practice squad. And if Tyler Huntley is still not looking good by, you know, the week before the Houston game or the day of the Houston game or the weekend before whatever, they can activate a quarterback from the practice squad to be the second quarterback for that game. I just look at the appeal of a third quarterback for that rule. And to my mind, the value of that is not worth the value of keeping, say, an extra defensive back or, or whatever. So I don't think they keep three quarterbacks. And I know Todd Munkin is a Josh Johnson fan. Um, I still think Tyler Huntley is the second quarterback on this team, and that's how I think they'll set up the 53. Uh, let me go to the offensive line next. I'll give you three names. The uh, Baltimore native Sam Mustafer, uh, former draft pick, highly regarded draft pick, Ben Cleveland, and David Sharp. Where are those guys at this point? Yeah, to me, this is really fascinating. I mean, really fascinating because, uh, you know, if they were to keep, let's say they keep nine offensive linemen, right? Well, let's say, so you've got, I think you've got the, the, whoever doesn't win the left guard battle between Sala and John Simpson, who I think John Simpson is going to be the starter, but Sala is on the team. You're going to keep Patrick McCary, who's your super utility guy who can play anywhere. And you're going to keep Daniel Falele, the second-year tackle. So that's eight. Now you've got one. In my mind, you might have one spot left for any for those three. And I go back and forth. You know, David Sharp's got appeal because I think they think he can play left tackle. Um, ben Cleveland, they're looking at at guard and tackle. And Mustafer, they're looking at center. He's a center. He's a he's a true center who could be Linderbaum's backup. <coughs> If I had to, if I had to guess right now, which one of those guys sticks, I think honestly it will be Ben Cleveland. Okay. And I, I don't, I can't say, you know, John Harbaugh said all the right things about Mustafer um, yesterday. He was asked about Mustafer and said he absolutely has looked like he could be a fill-in for Linderbaum, and I don't doubt that at all. But I will say more and more over the past couple of weeks of training camp, Patrick McCary's gotten more reps at center than I remember. Hmm. And so, I mean, you know, but that's what McCary does. He plays, yeah, he plays reps yeah. all over the right, place, right. everywhere. And so he's so valuable that way. I still think it, it would not surprise me. This team many years has had a late, you know, right before the roster deadline trade here or there, acquiring a guy, maybe Tony Bergstrom a couple yep. of years ago. Yep. No one had ever heard of him, and then he's on the initial 53 man. I remember someone named Bowanko uh, at one point. Right, it was the same year, I believe, Luke yeah. Bowanko. It would not surprise me at all to see them try to deal Ben Cleveland in the next 72 hours, uh, just because they've played him at guard, they've played him at tackle, they're trying to showcase that he can do both. There are always teams looking for players. Um, maybe even with David Sharp. I mean, I think if they know, they look around, they look around and say, well, if we have to get rid of the guy for nothing, let's see if we can get rid of him for something. Um, but I think Cleveland playing guard and tackle a lot this spring, one meant he was out of the competition for left guard, and two meant, well, let's see if someone out there might be interested. Let's get him on tape playing tackle, playing right guard, and let's see what can happen here. But if I had to keep one, if I thought one of those guys was going to stick right now, it would be Cleveland. I'll say, having said that, I mean, it, it's tricky because McCary would be, this, would be the, probably the backup left tackle, and McCary would be the backup yeah, center. center as and well, if you right. needed both, right. then you're in a little bit of a right. problem. So uh, the other question along the offensive line, bow has been the left guard spot. It feels like there's starting to be a consensus that it's going to be John Simpson. Are you in agreement with that? 
You know, I've I've thought since I've honestly thought that since May, okay. and not not any knock on Salah who has played really well. I've been very surprised. At first, I thought they were just giving Salah a good look at for a, a week of OTAs to see what he could do in the in that set. But then he stayed in there for a while. But I think they like the veteran experience of Simpson, and I think they I think they're pleased with Salah. Remember, Salah's a sixth round rookie pick. But I've had Simpson as kind of the favorite. All along, once I realized that they, they were both well ahead of Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, it, it does, wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I think it's going to be Simpson. Uh, either the uh, inside linebacker, the group of Delshawn Phillips, Josh Ross, Christian Welch. Yeah, in that group, if I had to I think Delshawn Phillips sticks. Okay. And I'm sorry to say I think the other two don't. Um, now, it's not, it's not out of the question, but – it's interesting. It's hard to predict what they'll do here because Josh Ross, Christian Welch is a guy who they, they really like him. He became an undrafted rookie. He's been, he's been on the team every year. They re-sign him and he's almost exclusively a special teams guy. Uh, but their special teams equation changes a little bit this year, maybe with this new kickoff rule where teams can fair catch it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know if, if that role of a specific special teamer will change. And if it does, that doesn't bode well for Welch. I would say it probably wouldn't bode well for Phillips either, who has also been in that role almost exclusively. I think neither of them played more than about three defensive snaps all year last year. To me, the difference is Phillips has really looked good defensively this spring or this summer in a way that I haven't seen from Welch or from Ross. So if you're looking at which one of those guys you project to be a, a potential fill in on defense if you need it, which you hope you don't because you hope Queen and Roquan Smith are out there all the time. Malik Harrison can also play inside. But if you needed a guy to come in and help a little bit defensively, I think Phillips has done more to earn that. And I just, with the, with the reduction in the p- potential reduction in special teams play, I don't know that there's going to be a room for both those guys. The uh, two of the, the guys that are popular uh, among the players that are fighting for spots, Jeremiah Moon and Malik Ham, and obviously the conversation at outside linebackers so complicated by the Tyus Bowser situation. Yeah, you know, Malik Ham, he's my guy because he's a Patriot League player, yep. so I'll give the Lafayette guy a lot of credit for having us, you know, those Patriot League players don't usually get a long run in the NFL, and He's a Baltimore guy, went to City. It's a great story. Came to camp as a kid. Now he's here playing. Um, for both those guys, I think it's going to be tough. I have them off the team for now. I think I think the practice squad is almost certain for at least one of them. Um, here's the thing with Tyus Bowser. I still think Tyus Bowser might start the season on the NFI list, which would then put him out for four games. But he hasn't even taken the field at all yet, and they play in two weeks. So – most likely he wouldn't be ready for week one or maybe week two anyway. So I, and if he's off the roster to start the season, do they keep, they've added Clowney obviously. So that, that is in the mix. Um, They have Tavius Robinson. So that gives them four outside linebackers. If you also add a Jabo and Owe, do they keep a fifth outside linebacker? To me, the fifth outside linebacker is probably Malik Harrison in that scenario I I don't think they would keep moon or ham I think if they kept one or the other moon is ahead of ham um but and then but I think they'd like to keep ham on the practice squad maybe moon too but 
to my mind, again, you've got to make some tough calls here. I think there's they love to keep like 60 of these guys, but you're not allowed to. So I think they would keep the four that I mentioned. It would be Owe, Ajabo, Clowney, and Tavius Robinson. And then if they're if they're in a, need a fifth inside outside linebacker, that that would be Malik Harrison. All right, now we go to the secondary, Bo, and I'm not even going to attempt to name names here because I'm just going to try to get you to project for me, like, who's – it is so complicated, the circumstances in the secondary right now, that I can't even really begin to guess who's on the bubble, who's safe, anything along those lines. It is impossible. It's impossible because you don't even know who's going to be healthy enough to play. Right. I mean, if – you know, if and, and we and that includes Marlon Humphrey, right? I mean, now we're talking about playing. Marlon Humphrey's on the roster, obviously, and Pepe Williams has to be on the fifty-three man roster before he gets moved to injured reserve. So Pepe John Harbaugh said Pepe Williams probably won't be ready until October <clears throat> because he had ankle surgery. So he will be on the fifty-three man roster, and then he will get moved to injured reserve after he's on the fifty-three man roster, which makes him eligible to come back during the season. So that's another complication because now you've got to use a 53-man roster spot on him. So what they're going to have to do is release somebody with an agreement that, hey, you know what, we're going to cut you, but go, don't go anywhere. We're going to sign you tomorrow because we're going to put Pepe Williams on the injured reserve. They've done it in the past where they've taken a, it's, it's best if that's a vested veteran because that person won't be exposed to waivers because if you cut someone who's exposed to waivers, someone could have a waiver claim, you can't keep him. A vested veteran is essentially an immediate free agent and go wherever he wants. Personally, I think that's what happens with Brent Urban. I think Brent Urban gets cut, and I think they tell him, hey, Brent, you know what? We need your roster spot for 24 hours. Stay here. He wants to be here. Once Pepe Williams goes on IR, you're right back here. And so I think that happens. Uh, But the rest of it, who knows, right? I mean, I know – They've brought in, you know, Ronald Darby is getting a lot of run. I think, I think he's absolutely in the mix. Um, Ardarius Washington, I think, has played his way onto the team. He has had a terrific last month. And um, John Harbaugh is a big Ardarius Washington fan. He made another really nice interception yesterday on a ball intended for Odell Beckham. Um, so I think Ardarius Washington has played his way onto the team. The injuries to people like Jalen Armour Davis and Arthur Mollett really complicate things um, because at one time it looked like Arthur Mollett might come in and compete for the slot corner job, and now mm-hmm. he's not been on the field hardly at all. Rocky Asin, I think, would be in line to be the starting cornerback, but he hasn't been on the field at all. Um, the bottom of that group of who stays and who goes is, is it's wild to me, and I mean, I, I I can't even project it much, but I think I know Ardarius Washington is someone who's considered on the bubble, and I think he's played his way on solidly. No, to your point, does it feel like they're still in the market for a starter? Right, like the, the, this is not that they like they could still be in the market for someone that could line up and start while Marlon Humphrey is is out if that guy were to become available. I mean, maybe I do think they think if if Darby's I think if Darby's healthy, I think they like you know he's coming off a torn. Uh, ACL and I, but I think he's moving well. And and John Harbaugh praised him again yesterday. Rocky Asin, I think they viewed as a starter, and he's got two weeks to kind of ramp himself back into playing shape. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Darby and Yasin are starting. I know Brandon Stevens is out there starting right now too. Uh, but remember, Brandon Stevens, when the Ravens drafted Brandon Stevens, he, he he started his college career as a running back. He transferred to SMU, became a cornerback. 
when the Ravens drafted him, they told us that they projected him as an NFL safety. And he's played both here. This early this spring, he was lining up a lot at safety, he was looking more like a safety. And then when the corners fall, suddenly he's a starting corner. And if the season started today, he'd be a starting cornerback. I think in the end, he won't be the starter if they're all healthy. I think he would drift back <laughs> more to a safety position. Um, but I think that, you know, I think if every, if, until Humphrey gets back, I think Ronald Darby has a, is is someone to watch because I, again he had to get into shape and he had to show he's healthy enough. But they're giving him what looks to be a lot of chance. I'm curious to see what kind of what kind of run any of these guys get tomorrow uh, in the in the final preseason game. Like take a guy like Jalen Armour Davis, who they are also high on, but Jalen Armour Davis just cannot stay healthy. Right. And so if he can't get on the field, I mean I don't know what they can do. He hasn't played a preseason game in two years. And it, so he, he potentially could be in the mix. Uh, Chris Wharton had start, told us back in, in, um, in, uh, in um, earlier in the summer uh, um, about Arbor Davis was competing with Rakesin for the starting uh, job. job. I mean, he mm. was right there head, head to head. Mm. But again, Armor Davis can't stay healthy. So he's not going to be in the mix if he can't stay healthy. So that, it's it's so complicated because all these guys being hurt, um, you know, so, and Kevon Seymour has been out there starting a lot and he, they don't view him as a starting corner. I don't think, but I will say John Harbaugh's really, really gives that guy a lot of credit because he's finally had been, he missed practice the other day, but he's looks this summer, like he's healthy for the first time in forever. And he's actually had a very good training camp. I don't think they see him as a starter, but for a while there, they were out of bodies and he was starting. But I would say Darby, Yassine, Armour Davis, he was potentially healthy. Um, and Ardarius Washington, I think, could, could even be the slot corner in week one. Well, um, there's a lot. Again, the secondary is the complicated part. And uh, there'll be a lot still to be learned uh, over the course of the next week. Bo Smolka, of course, at B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. His stuff every day, press box, or, or not, ba- basically every day at pressboxonline.com. And if you still haven't picked it up yet, the print issue of Pressbox, his cover story about Lamar Jackson, that's available for free at your neighborhood, Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Always appreciate you, pal. We will uh, talk next Friday when we have a clearer picture of things. Thanks for hopping on with us. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. With us here on GCR. Um, a couple of things there. It, if you missed it yesterday, obviously the Ravens announced Terrell Suggs goes into the Ring of Honor this year that you've just been waiting on like him to officially officially say he's retired. So check one off the list of things that they needed to do. Presumably, if Joe Flacco does not end up getting a job during the course of this season and at some point says he's retired too, he has not said that yet, but you know, at some point you just are, then then he can go on that list as well. I've thought that Sam Cook should be in the Ring of Honor. I don't know if everybody agrees with me. He's a punter. I get it. But, you know, damn good one for a long time. But Terrell Suggs was obviously one that they had to get in uh, to get that taken care of, so they'll get that taken care of this season. Uh, he will be next on the list. And then I I had known this was coming, and I'm really glad that it's happening the Orioles are going to do a formal event to honor Adam Jones, and they'll allow him to officially retire as an Oriole in September. They're going to do a pregame ceremony. I just saw the date. It's floating around. Uh, September 15th oh, okay. is the date. 
So uh, Adam will be back in town. They're going to do a pregame ceremony. And, you know, somebody would say, why, why uniquely Adam? Well, I think anybody that was here understands why uniquely Adam. He was the heart and soul of really good Orioles teams. So that's why uniquely Adam. Um, so Adam Jones gets that honor. No offense to other guys of those good teams. No offense to Nick Markakis. No offense to, you know, Chris Davis. No offense to J.J. Hardy. No offense to Matt Wieters, Chris Tillman, Zach Britton, any of those guys. Adam Jones was the guy of that era. So he gets the opportunity to come back, and uh, they're going to have a formal retirement ceremony for him on September 15th. That's a neat thing. All right, uh, let's switch gears. We're just over a week away from the return of the Maryland Cycling Classic here to the region. Joining us now, he is the chairman of the Maryland Cycling Classic. He's Mr. John Kelly, and he's with us here on GCR. John, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, thank you, Glenn. Glad um, to be here. I can only imagine how exciting. If you could, John, I, I think we associate – you know, you, your family, so much with the sport of lacrosse. How did yeah. this become a thing for you? How was this something that you said, I've got to be a part of this? Um, you know, I fell in love with with riding my bike in college doing triathlons when I played lacrosse. And then I, and I did race my bike for several years and fell in love with the sport. Um, back in the 80s when Lamont was winning tours, I thought it was cool and I think it's a phenomenal sport. And um, when the stadium, uh, you know, we sponsored club teams and pro teams as well for years. Um, and when Maryland Sport and Entertainment announced that uh, Baltimore had secured the highest ranked, internationally ranked bicycle race uh, on American soil back in 2019, they asked me to be the chair. And I felt like it would be great for our city to be seen on an international stage for uh, these beautiful roads that we've been riding for years to be seen on an international stage and for, to get people into town and uh, for something like this, it's one of the largest sports in the world. So um, I, I signed on and it's been a fun run. We had our inaugural race last year, had to cancel a couple right, from COVID, but right. we're rolling now. I, I was going to say from last year and I, the, the feedback from everyone involved was so wonderful. And I, and I know that you guys are, are already had plans in place to grow it this year, but how rewarding was it for all of the competitors to be so happy with how it went off and, and how quickly did it make you guys realize, all right, we've got something here. We, we can, We've got a foundation. We know we can grow this, continue to get more of the community involved and make it an even better event. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was it, it blew away even my own my expectations. I was a little bit anxious last year because our business community, you know, they know what they know what golf is and the BMW, and, right, you know, and they, right. they know what baseball and football is. But to bring an international cycling event like this, um, and we're just grateful for, for, for the sponsors that stepped up, you know, United healthcare, you know, they understand healthcare and they understand cycling is a healthy sport and healthy lifestyle and, and their involvement's been significant and huge couple of personal donors, you know, and, and H and S bakery and Harbor East, the sponsors stepped up Allegis, um, fantastic. And then people showed up. I mean, 45,000 people watched it live on the roads of Baltimore County last year. Mm -hmm. They were all over the place on the hills, on the top of the climbs, everywhere. Another 40,000, 45,000 watched it live on the streets of Baltimore. I mean, Pratt Street was five deep. 
you know, uh, we're, we're going to have more fan zones this year, one at the aquarium, one at Pratt Street, one in Harbor East, you know, uh, starts out in Baltimore County. So people, there's a big cycling community here. I, I think people appreciate it. I don't know if you watched the Tour de France documentary on Netflix, but it's a pretty amazing sport once you start to pay attention to it and to see it happen. It's free, you know, <laughs> so it was it's not it was a bad a, way to cool. Yeah, not a bad way to spend a holiday weekend. I mean, not it's not like other events where you got to uh, throw in 150 bucks just to get a ticket to get in. It's a little bit different right. that way. Uh, John We've Ke- got a wellness festival downtown yeah. near there. Um, team presentation on Saturday night, which is cool. They introduce all the pros. We have uh, more than 20 uh, participants in this year's Tour de France. We have um, Giulio Ciccone, you know, an Italian rider who won the King of the Mountains jersey at the tour this year. Nielsen Palace, an American that competed hard for that honor this year and did great and rode well here last year. We got some great riders from around the world coming into coming to our town, and they loved it. They thought the course was excellent. They were treated great by our p- fans and the people here in Baltimore. And they want to be in America. They want to race in America. So it, it's exciting. Oh, and that's uh, that's everybody that I talk to. All the competitors were raving about this event, which is awesome. Uh, he is John Kelly, the chairman of the Maryland Cycling Classic, which returns next weekend. Um, John, tell us a little bit more, because you mentioned a couple of things, some of the fan zones. Just w- yeah. what is new? What is different this year? What is the, the same uh, for anybody that was part of it or that heard about it and, and like says, okay, how do I best participate in the Maryland Cycling Classic, where do I go? I want to be one of those people that's watching the race, but I, I literally don't know where to go in order to do it. Run yeah. us through all of that. So, in the MarylandCyclingClassic.com, I think it's the website, but you'll find it there. There's everything about the fan zones and where they are. But, you know, what's exciting is, look, Saturday there's a charity ride that starts at our headquarters in Sparks, and um, there'll be – former Tour de France podium finishers and Olympians and regulars like me and others and, and uh, riding, you can ride 30 or, or 62 and it's a charity benefits United healthcare children's foundation Saturday night at Harbor point. There's a team presentation people can come out to, which will be really cool. See the cyclist hear the cyclist. And then Sunday at noon, it starts at sparks and you get there around 10, 10 30. You'll get to see get right up close with the riders. You'll see them sign in. You'll see the whole uh, infrastructure behind supporting these athletes. And then it starts and then um, it's live on Maryland public TV, all, all an hour pre-show plus the whole race and an hour post-show. Um, you can watch it streaming. You can get the streaming app at the, at the website and watch it on your iPad downtown they'll come into the city probably around 3 233 and they'll do four 12 and a half kilometer circuits around the city 3330 i can't remember what but it's on the website and that'll be exciting you'll see them pass pratt street five times so you want to be down there okay and there's a big screen at the aquarium a big screen at the wellness center a big screen in harbor east so you know go out have fun patronize our our friends our restaurants and There'll be great food and drinks, and it'll be a great – It'll. Oh, John, we still got you? Yeah, you, okay, you have sorry. Me? Yeah, we lost you there for a second, but we got you back. That's okay. the good news. So the other thing, too, I know that the Bike Jam event, one week from today, next Friday, is, is yeah. new, it's free, and it's a big deal for trying to get more of the community involved. What should people know about the Bike Jam event? Well, we're, we're going to be at Patterson Park in the afternoon around 3.00. 
we had a press conference at one and, and, and we want to engage with the kids in the city and, and they'll be coming out. There'll be a lot of uh, Olympians and, form, and, and several of our pros and different folks there, an opportunity to learn about riding. Kids will be able to take laps. There'll be helmet giveaways and things and, and other, and other stuff going on. Some, some, some bike safety education, our athletes will be visiting some several schools in the city on Thursday and Friday mornings. Um, so that'll be exciting. And, and we want to engage the community. It's our hope that uh, more people will take up riding recreationally, transportationally, whatever it might be. Um, and, and we'd love to see, see folks out there on uh, Friday afternoon. That's awesome. Uh, again, the website, MarylandCyclingClassic.us. MarylandCyclingClassic.us is the website. John, can you give us an idea? I know that the, all these numbers, they're very difficult to pin down, but can you give us an idea of the impact that this event has had? Because I feel like there's, there is still somebody who's saying, look, I just don't care about cycling. And look, I, I, I un, there are things that happen in this community that weren't my things, right? But I, what I always understood and appreciated is I want them here. I want every single one of these events here because I know they're right. good for, for this area. Can you give us a sense of the impact economically that this event has on our region? Well, yeah, I mean, um, practically speaking, I'm looking for that number. Um, you know, I think it was 13 million in direct yeah. uh, economic impact and like 20 some odd million in indirect. But the key to me is um, so there's definitely economic impact and we're, we're measuring that. But to show our city on a world stage, it was seen in 62 countries. It had 2.5 billion media impressions worldwide. Uh, we've got cameras on the roads. We've got a helicopter filming it from above. It's 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 going to be broadcast internationally on global global cycling network. It was seen by a half over half a million people worldwide, and they're going to see the countryside of Baltimore County. They're going to see the city. They're going to see our fans. So I think it, it, it it's like a postcard to the world for Baltimore. Yep. And and um, li listen, last year, people came from all over the world to be here from Belgium. We've had people from Belgium. I mean, there and a Belgian won the race. I mean, people love cycling around the world. So, you know, um, what do I have here? I mean, internationally, yeah, a couple percent of two percent of the people outside the city, 16 per outside the state, 16 percent of the people, 62 countries, you know, saw it last year, media 2.3 billion media impressions. I mean, it was. It was significant, and um, so you know, and we think it'll be better this year. Uh, we can't wait for that. Uh, it's an awesome thing. We uh, we fully support every single one of these events, and it's one of the things I said a year ago, John. I think there are people that were very lost in the disappointment of Maryland missing on the World Cup, and I kept trying to say, we have amazing events. We we need to support the incredible world class events that we have, and not dwell on whatever it is that we don't. This is a world class event that is extraordinarily good for our community so let's all support this and let's make sure that we are getting the word out and all of that and i support it strongly maryland well, thank cycling, you very much marylandcyclingclassic.us again is the website anything else i can share with everybody john uh no but i mean we come out for an event like this this is this will help us get a world cup in the future i think they wanted to see an international event of this magnitude and, and we've done it so it's a great let's build point. it John Kelly, come. well done. Uh, looking forward to next weekend. It's going to be an exciting time for our region. Thank you for spending time with us this morning to tell us a little bit more about it. And uh, let's catch up again real soon, all right?
minutes. All right, anytime. Thank you, guys. Take care. Absolutely. John Kelly, the uh, chairman of the Maryland Cycling Classic, which again returns next weekend. And I, I know it sounds trite, but, like, I mean this. What he just said is not – you know, the, the next Women's World Cup hasn't been assigned yet, and the U.S. is in the running for it. It, it seems like it would be unlikely that, you know, you get consecutive men's and women's World Cups. But the U.S. is in the mix. And I'd like to have a taste of that, too. Might be more difficult at that point because maybe there's a new stadium in Washington and that might make the competition a little bit tougher. The more we showcase the city as being an ideal location, and it's not just the city, obviously. It's the county and the city as being an ideal location for world-class major international events, the more that it could lead to, the better that it could possibly be. So, yes, support support the Maryland Cycling Classic. Get out. It's free. It's free. You don't have to buy a ticket. You can just wander out and check it out. All right, Jacob Webb's going to join us in a minute. Um, I guess let's stay here um, because we're going to expect a call from Jacob Webb in just a minute. We're winding down hour number one of today's show. Griffin, do you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland? I would love to tell you about what's going on over there and uh, how you can get yourself uh, into uh, with Chanel. Okay, indulge ah, yourself. This is for me. Yeah, yeah, it is for you. Indulge yourself in true luxury this month at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. One of twenty winners will walk away with the new collection from Chanel, valued at valued at over forty thousand dollars plus thirty thousand dollars in other prizes including free play and a a free play of up to five thousand dollars so from now through august 26th that's tomorrow so you don't have much much time left Uh, but from now through tomorrow all live casino hotel uh maryland reward rewards members will have a chance to earn entries before the drawing on august 26th for more information go to maryland.livecasinohotel.com slash promotions that's maryland.livecasinohotel.com slash promotions adirondal mills must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER our buddy josh charles tweeted and said i 100 percent agree sam cook should be in the ring of honor no doubt i hope it happens i know i had a few people that responded because i retweeted it and had some I want to make it clear. I don't think the Ravens are ignoring Sam Cook. Terrell Suggs is ahead on the list for a couple of reasons. One, he actually technically retired before. He just didn't announce it, right? Like, he, his career ended. But also, he's Terrell Suggs. I, th- is Sam Cook still on the coaching staff? Or yes, he's yes, okay. still on the coaching staff. Do you think maybe they wait? I guess maybe that's a reason to, to no. like... I just think that they try to do this for, for their sponsorship... And I don't even remember the name of the jeweler that's involved in it. Is, is it Smythe now? Is that who it is? I think it's Smythe is the, the, the sponsor. They've tried to have one of these every year. So they can have a weekend celebration and do an event at the jewelry shop. Like they, this, is, this is what they've attempted to do. And so the last couple of years, whether it was you know Brian Billick, Lodi Nada, Marshall Yonda, and then you had the pandemic year in there, um, they've just had guys. So... This year, the answer is Terrell Suggs. I, I I just don't think that they're... I have no reason to think they're not putting Sam Cook in, although they still have to... It's not the slam dunk that some of these guys were. Like, some of these guys were obvious. We're talking about Marshall Yonda, Haloti Nada, Terrell Suggs. Obviously, all of those guys are going in the Ravens' ring of honor. Sam Cook isn't quite as obvious simply because he's a punter, but by every qualification, Sam Cook is deserving of being in the Ravens' ring of honor. And I think the Ravens will put him in. I, I just think the order is 
Terrell Suggs goes in first because he's Terrell Suggs, and we don't put multiple guys in in the same season because we don't want to get to a point where we have a season with nobody to put in because it's something we do with our sponsors and it's a major event for us during the course of the year. So, you know, if Joe Flacco officially retires this year, then maybe next year is the year. Uh, hang on a second. John Colson tells me that it's actually Meritage now. Yes, I was the, just about uh, to Is the one that's in. involved. And so that's that's who it would be, right? Like, you want to do this for them. So you want to make sure that next year and the year after that, you're able to have this weekend that you sell to them. They get to be the kind of unofficial hosts of the weekend. It's great for them. And as much as we all would say, well, just put all these guys in. Why are you waiting? Put them in now. The Ravens would say, you don't understand how the business works. This is an important thing for us with a major client, and we need to make sure that we're able to do it every year. So I'm okay with that. This is not, like, I'm not offended necessarily that Sam Cooke isn't in. Now, if the Ravens said, we just don't think Sam Cooke's worthy of the Ring of Honor, then I'd be offended by it. But I don't think that's what they're saying. I think all this is is, you know, it's, it's not his turn right now. Terrell Suggs is Terrell Suggs. He's a football Hall of Famer. Frankly, if Joe Flacco announces his retirement next year, or during the course of the year, I think next year would probably be Joe Flacco over Sam Cooke. Just because he's Joe Flacco. He's the Super Bowl MVP. And then when there's a year and there's nobody else, let's say Joe Flacco ends up playing this season somewhere and doesn't announce his retirement, then next year would be a a good time for Sam Cooke to go in. Your point about... Would it be complicated because during the course of that weekend he would have responsibilities with the team as a coach? And, like, would that prevent Sam Cook from being able to be involved with, you know, like the ceremonies of a Ring of Honor weekend the same way? Uh, interesting. You know, it's an, it's an interesting question that I hadn't considered at all. I would think that given that he's not, like, the special teams coordinator, that he's just right. – con- yeah. that I would think that they'd be able to – Give him a few minutes before before kickoff. Well, it's not it's not just or that like they do an event on yeah. Friday night. Like they there's there's a whole thing during the weekend. But I would think that given that he's just kind of working with Jordan Stout, that like they could do that work and not have to have him be away from those ceremonies. I would think. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe maybe that becomes too difficult. Maybe that's a thought process. But yeah, ab- abundantly clear. I am not. I am not worried about whether or not Sam Cooke gets in. If we get three years down the road, and if we get to like a year where nobody goes into the Ring of Honor, then maybe I'll say I'm worried. <laughs> but at the moment, I'm not. Right, do we want to? Do we want to take a break? Uh, not sure. I guess. I guess we, we can now. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We're scheduled to be joined by Jacob Webb. Uh, hopefully you know we'll figure that all out. But yes, we'll take a break right now, and then we'll talk to Jacob Webb next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. 
America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two N's in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glennclark23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER i'm michael jan grandy president of aj michaels your carrier energy expert for 44 years save money energy and make your home more comfortable and virus free find us at ajmichaels.com that's ajmichaels.com Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR, what a story our next guest has been since he came over to the Orioles this season. Now nine appearances, eight and two-thirds innings, two hits, two walks, no runs. He is Orioles reliever Jacob Webb, and he's with us now here on GCR. Jacob, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Absolutely, Glenn. Jacob, I got a really important question that's going to set the tone for our entire conversation. How superstitious are you? Um, I'm actually uh, not that superstitious. Okay. I, I have like maybe one or two things, but 
that's probably about it. Are you, are you able to talk about the fact that you haven't allowed a run yet as an Oriole? Or are you like, dude, please don't bring that up. I would really rather not discuss that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not like superstitious by any means in that, in that realm. Okay. Um, I'm just, you know, just trying to go out there and compete every night. All That's right. it. I understand that. Um, Jacob, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I know that you've talked about the changeup being something that's been significant since you got here and the way that you were asked to use it versus now how the Orioles have allowed you to use it. Can you walk us through, you know, like I, I'm sure that's not the only story of the success that you found here, but how important has it been for you to be able to use that pitch with such confidence since you've arrived in Baltimore? Um, I mean, just honestly throwing it more, and they've wanted me to throw it more. And um, personally, I've always wanted to throw it more. At, uh, it, it's always been one of my my better pitches. And, uh, yeah, for a little bit, it just kind of lost feel for it. And uh, it, that, that kind of happens over the course of the season. You, you lose feel for some stuff sometimes. And um, you just got to keep, you know, keep throwing, throwing it, keep working on it. And uh, eventually, yeah, it, it'll – It'll come back to, uh, you know, what it, what it does. I mean, clearly, that's been obvious <laughs> since you've been here. It sure as hell has come back to you. I, I know it, it's got to be difficult. You've been through it a few times, so it's it's not like it's crazy for you to have something like this happen. But I'm sure it's still not easy. How do you explain how the transition has been so seamless this time? And that you've just been able to fit in so quickly and so well here, and obviously so brilliantly um, since you arrived as an Oriole. Yeah, I mean, everyone in the clubhouse has made me feel very comfortable. All the coaches, the staff, you know, the, uh, the, this team's, you know, really great, man. It's an, and it's a, it's also about the opportunity, too. You know, um, it's pretty exciting when a first-place team claims you off waivers. It's, uh, that, that doesn't happen very often. So, um, yeah, also very, uh, very blessed, man. Very blessed to be able to do what I do every day and, um, yeah, just love going out there and competing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Excited to help the team, in whatever way we, uh, whatever way they see fit. You know, I, I'm just here to, to help. When you, when you, when you go through it, do you experience any amount of doubt? Like, is there any difficulty for you? Like, man, I, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work for me. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Do you feel any self doubt, or are you numb to that because you've been through this business for long enough? Um, I think I, I wouldn't say I've been through the business long enough, but you kind of start to understand how things work when you, uh, you know, when you go through it a few, few times. So, um, just embracing it, man. If, if you, uh, if you look at it negatively, negatively all the time and, you know, probably n- not, nothing positive is probably going to come out of it, but, uh, yeah, just trying to embrace the opportunity, embrace the, the, um, you know, the the chance to uh, go out there and, and compete every night. He is Orioles reliever Jacob Webb, and he's with us here on GCR. Dude, when you got here, you know, as you pointed out, this is a team that's in first place, and it, it feels even a little bit different than that because what we all see is the vibe, right? Like we all see there's just something special. Can, have you been able to put your finger on it? Because I get it, winning helps everywhere, obviously. But this seems like something even more than that, like the fun that guys are having and the joy of of this team. Can you put your finger on what makes this group so unique once you've walked into it? I would say the biggest thing um, for any winning team really is uh, the camaraderie and the chemistry in a, in a clubhouse. 
um, that can be um, a, ga- a huge game changer. I feel like, um, you know, being on a- any team that wins, everyone's on the same page, everyone's rowing the same boat type deal. And it's, it's very, that's uh, it, kind of the vibes I got as, as soon as I got here. You know, everyone's um, playing very loosely, playing hard baseball, and it's, it's fun to even watch just sitting in the bullpen, you know, it, it, these guys are day in and day out, you know, putting up, you know, great stats, great numbers and, and going out and doing the job every night. Now, I've asked some other guys this season, do you almost campaign that like we should have our own version of like the Homer hose? Like when I pitch a scoreless inning, I should be able to come off and like, you know, have some sort of like fun <laughs> themed celebration in order to, to, to recognize what we just did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not opposed to it. That's for, that's for sure. <laughs> maybe it's just the homer hose, right? Like, maybe we can extend it. Like, you guys should be able to hit the homer hose if you go in and throw, have a, have a perfect outing, right? Like, that everybody should be able to get involved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that, man. That would be amazing in order to make that work. Um, <laughs> Jacob, is, is there any similarity that you feel? Like, obviously, your time in Atlanta and, and winning the World Series there. That was, I think everybody now looks at the Braves and say, hey, that's what we should want. Get a young team and keep those guys around. But a lot of young players on that team, do you feel anything similar in Baltimore now to what you felt being around that group of guys that was young and talented and hungry in Atlanta? I would say, like I said earlier in the show, that the chemistry in a clubhouse, man, that that, that would be the biggest um, noticeable thing that I see on this team and, um, you know, being on, on the Braves as well, um, was the chemistry. Um, the guys are very great here and they're, they're all, like I said, we're, we're all rowing the same boat and that, that's the biggest thing. It's, uh, oh, I, or, you know, this guy or that guy, um, it's very, uh, team oriented and we're all about winning. What was it like for you to see the entrance for the first time with Batista and like just watching that dude live? Like obviously, you know, you, you, you've been around for a little while, so you know what he's been doing. But like to, to be here night in, night out, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so bloody insane. Yeah, I know. He's he's a um, he's a special individual, man. He, he's a he's impressive to watch every night. I mean, I was like when I first came over here, I, I knew who he was and I didn't really like, you know, follow everybody's stats, but I, I looked at his stats and I was like, dude, this guy's got some just absurd right. numbers. It's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy to, you know, watch him do his thing too, man. He's, he's a, he's such a great dude too. He's, he's very nice and he, he's a, he's special, man. He, he's got some cool stuff. He's, he throws the ball very unique. Um, no one really throws like him. He, the way he, you know, presents his uh, four or his two seam, or four seam. You, I guess you would call it because it's got you know some crazy uh, metrics to it. But yeah, no, he he's a very special individual. He's very uh, very very good at what he does. Plus, if you go out anywhere, you don't have to worry about getting in a fight because no one would ever threaten to fight that guy. Like they would just look, say, <laughs> "Sorry, you're right, sir. My apologies." <laughs> just move yeah, on. Yeah, you're him. not wrong, man. He, yeah. He's a he's a big man. Man, he is a specimen. <laughs> it's just so yeah. wild. Every time you're around him, you're like, "Yo, I don't think that's a human. I think that's no. what they, that's who we send to fight the aliens when the aliens finally come down." Man, that yeah. guy is wild. <laughs> Um, speaking of which, right, like obviously with your time with the Angels, I, I, I know it's, everybody's very sad this week that, uh, that Shohei is not going to be able to pitch for the rest of the season. But 
can can you describe what it's like? It feels like the type of thing that like you realize I'm going to be able to talk to my grandkids about the fact that I was around this guy. Um, can you explain what it's like to see that every day? And for us, we, you know, we only see it every now and then, and it's still the wildest thing we've ever seen. Like, how wild was it for you to witness that up close and personal? Yeah, no, Shoei was also a very special individual. You know, um, he, he did a lot of things day in and day out that were um, – you know, you just go scratching your head. Sometimes you're like, hey, I, I don't get it. I don't understand how he does it. But he, he's uh, he's he's going to become one of the best baseball players probably to ever play the game. Right. I, I will say that he he obviously a lot of people know that he's um, very special individual. But um, yeah, it is it is very sad that he is going to be down for the rest of the year um, pitching wise. That, that that's a tough blow. Um, but you know, he, he's, uh, he, he'll come back. He, he's young. He's still young. Um, and he's, uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders too, mentally. Did you, um, did, uh, it's a big thing. did you manage it? Unfortunately, the part, like you didn't know it was coming. Did you make sure that you were able to get like an autograph ball or something to like have with you for the rest to make, to like, you know, be able to prove to your grandkids? Like, you know, I was really teammates with this dude. No, not yet. Actually, I I kind of gave him his space and his stuff like oh. that. But uh, eventually, eventually I'll uh, I'll come back to it and and get some stuff down the line. Yeah, I, I you, know he's uh, you're gonna he's have he's a to. nice guy. Yeah. He wouldn't mind at all, dude. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to reach out to one of your buddies back there and be like, hey man, uh, kind of need you to do something for me. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's gonna have to happen. Uh, just another minute or two here with Jacob Webb from the Orioles, They're getting ready to face the Rockies this weekend. Obviously, exciting weekend in Baltimore. Jacob, and I feel like coming into this place and seeing the electricity, not just with the team, but with the city and the atmospheres and being at these games, and it's not to take anything away because, again, you experience this in Atlanta. You know what this like. How just like neat is it for you to say, wow, this is, this is where I am. I'm pitching in big games that matter again, and it's not to take anything away from your time in, in, in Anaheim. But just how neat for you is it to look around and see that at this point, this deep in the season? Yeah, no, it's special, man. The opportunity has been it's been obviously very awesome to come in here and um get the opportunities I've gotten. They've put me in some some good situations already and it's it's a good feeling, you know, having that that trust from the staff and the manager and um, you know, I just love competing, man. Um it's it's a it's a fun game to play. It can be hard at times mentally, obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, I I love it. it the bullpen uh, is a very unique place as well. You have to be uh, mentally on top of your game, you know, every day. Uh, so, so are you you seem so relaxed. Do you turn into full psychopath? Like, I we we you know you know what I'm saying is we talk about this all the time with relievers that like relievers tend to be a different breed. So I, I'm talking to you right now, and you seem, you know, obviously like a totally normal, adjusted dude. But like, if we talked to you as you were walking out from the outfield, would we be talking? Like, is it almost like a professional wrestler where you have to go complete psychopath somehow in those moments? No, yeah, I go, I go complete psycho. Nice. I, I, um, once I get out there, it's usually a buildup for me. Okay. Um, when I'm in the bullpen, um, but I'm usually you know, pissing myself off pretty much the whole entire time. I'm warming <laughs> up until you, can I get you out shed there. A light? And then, How do you do that? How do you manage to get yourself to that place? Um, 
I mean, I guess I, I've just been doing it for some time now. So I've kind of developed like a way I do it, but I don't know. It's just kind of like a trigger. Like once I, I, I hear that phone call and I hear my name, it's like a flip just, or a, a switch just flips in my head and it's time to go. <laughs> I, I almost, I, this is going to be a goal for me now at some point this season to come stand out by the bullpen to watch this transformation for you to see, <laughs> like, to try to, hey, 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 Jake. And you're like, no, like, not yeah. now. <laughs> Just ready to strangle me because I tried to say hello in that moment. I love that so much. All right, what, what's the, before we let you go, and I really appreciate the time, man. Is there something else we should know about you? I was I was perusing your Instagram. It was a lot of baseball um, I saw one picture of your grill. Like what else, what else are you into? What should we know about Jacob Webb? Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I would say the biggest thing is probably I'm a, I'm a big video game player. Okay. Uh, I like, I like video games. I, I, you know, I play them com- pretty competitively as well, I guess you could say. But, uh, so wait yeah, a second, like, are, are you on Twitch or anything like that? Are you like playing? In no, the- I'm not on Twitch currently, but, uh, I watch a lot of uh, streamers on Twitch okay. as well. Um, but yeah, I just, I play video games pretty, pretty often. What is, um, what is they, the, what's the game of choice? Um, big call of duty and a big okay. Apex player. Okay. And are yeah. you like the type that like, I, I talked to a lot of Ravens players who were like, dude, I'll give out my gamer tag. I want I, fans can play with me. Are you that type where you're like, dude, come play with me. Like, I'd love that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it. You know, like it would be cool to play with some fans or stuff, stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not you know entirely a big. I, deal I don't want to. I probably, I promise, I'm not for, trying to put you on the spot. I want to make that abundantly clear. If you're like, no, yeah, that, I kind of rather not. Like, <laughs> that's totally no, fine. Yeah. There's some, there's some ruthless kids on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. You know, I, I'm already used to it with uh, what we do for a living. That's so true. It's, it's not. Thing new, you know. That's a great point. I hear it. That's a great all the time. <laughs> not right now, though. Not right now. All you're hearing about right now is how great you are, which has got to be an amazing feeling. Because I'm sure you've heard things about your mother and your family members over the years. Uh, oh, yeah, it's yeah, the, the nature of the beast, man. Uh, Jacob yeah, Webb. Uh, Jacob underscore WE33 on Instagram if you want to give him a follow. Dude, it, it, it's been awesome to see you come in here. What what a cool story it is for you to show up and to be just killing it. May, may you never give up another run. Maybe this just be the way that it works for eternity. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I love hearing that. No that, 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 would, that would be amazing. Jay, congratulations <laughs> on everything, man. Thank you for spending the time with us this morning. We really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, I appreciate it. Jacob Webb of the Baltimore Orioles, who's just been, I mean, who saw this coming? I mean, we all saw they had claimed the guy off waivers named Webb. I'm like, it doesn't look like Logan Webb. Uh, the guy's been awesome. I mean, he's just been awesome to this point so far. Still early, obviously, still early. But um, it's been a total revelation for the Orioles in their bullpen. And arguably, outside of Felix Batista, the guy that at the moment you have the most trust in in the Orioles' bullpen. He's been that good. Uh, did you prepare his theme song for him? I, I did not. Really? I well, mean, we, we were just talking about Barbie earlier in the show. Oh. Really? Oh, cool. Really? Did you really not prepare that for him? I thought that... I wanted a theme song. Uh, that's cool. Have you seen Barbie yet? I haven't. I, How I, have you not gotten yourself an I Am Kenuff t-shirt? I, I, oh, yeah, I haven't. How have you not you done that. that? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, 
My wife is going without me on Sunday, um, which is fine. I will see it at some point. I. It's got one of my favorite songs in it. Oh, Push by Matchbox 20? No. Which one? Uh, I'm, do I have to say it? The, the, Bar- the, the, the Dua Lipa song? The, the original Barbie Girl song or the new Barbie Girl song? The Indigo Girl song. Oh, yeah, that one is a great one. I went to, <laughs> I went to. So I told the story the other day. Do you have it? You, you, you want like the Barbie Girl song? No, not the. What are you? How is this? I'm just Ken. Oh you my dummy. God. Oh. I even know how what the is song this hard? Is. <laughs> you saw the movie. I know, I know. Griffin, I love you. I need you to know that. But this is. I got a lot of questions about me rolling out six hints and you still not realizing what it is that I. His name is Ken. What I do. I'm always number two. One of these days, one of these days, we're gonna figure it all out. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're only nine years into this experiment. All right, all right, we don't want to get kicked off YouTube either, so let's not go too far. You don't want the only only a few seconds of it is what we do. (laughs) Trying to get the hook. I was gonna say, yeah, bring it back up, see if you can give me a taste of it. Start with the hook. Oh, we already missed it. Right, great. It went really well. Wonderful. This was this was well done. God damn. That's called producing, baby. That's what that is. There's a reason why we hired him over at 1057 The Fan. Hey, pal. Good to see you. Got, yeah? We're really forcing it now. Yeah, you're, you're trying. There we go. Anywhere else I'd be a 10. I saw it um, finally. Yeah. And we're six weeks into this experiment. We like are. we are. Th- this movie couldn't have been out for any longer. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I shared it on, on social media, but... They go back to a trope, which is the song Push by Matchbox 20, which I've got to tell you is the most perfect usage. Like, given what they were attempting to accomplish, they could not have picked a better song. And so they introduce it at one point, and it's hilarious, but then there's a part later in the movie where Ken pulls out a guitar, and it's very obvious what's about to happen. And so, because literally everyone... I went on a Tuesday night, and the theater was sold out. I'm sure. On a I'm, Tuesday night, sure. sold out, and everybody in the theater was in their costumes. Everybody, again, a month into, I just assumed it's an immersive experience at this yeah, point. Yeah, it, like right. Like, does anybody? Uh, have, have you guys ever thought about dying? Like, they're all saying the lines along. I'm like, oh, this it's is it's Rocky Horror. This is Rocky show. Horror now. Yeah. Like, I, we're yeah. all gonna sing along. Right. To, Absolutely. You know, I don't. Know. Yeah. I was the only one. Just me. Just me. Everybody stared at me, and I said, "Well." I don't know what to tell you. I thought I think it's a big miss on your part. I don't think this is on me. I think this is on you. Ken Zalis is here. He's now with Fantasy Pros, and he, like Andrew Stecka, attempted to quit our Picks League this week after, unlike Andrew Stecka, after he had already committed to be back in the Picks League. Really weird bit from KZ this week. What the hell happened there? I was just I, I had never seen what the punishment was. Why? But oh, the punishment is always bad every year. Why yeah, did you think the punishment know. this year was going to be like you have to eat a cake? It seemed worse. You think it's see, this one seemed worse to me? Oh, because of the amount of things yes. that are involved. Yes, I do. I would say that this is it's the, a, there's a lot. There's more involved. I mean, I mean this this I mean you're spending my money as well after you losing twenty five dollars. Shut up! You have to take one lesson. One. That's it. Can I just look on YouTube? And no, just... no. You have to take one lesson. 
that to videotape the last one? Yes, that's the point. It doesn't we matter. Have to, we need a vlog style in, you Before know, you're allowed to come in to do that, you have to prove to does, us that you've taken. It first matter. of all, I'm not losing. So maybe just don't matter. lose. Right? Yeah, There's, it's losing. 10 people. I'm not you've losing. got a 90% I mean, chance you know, of not losing. You know this has been my strategy since I've been involved in right, this. Who cares I, I can care less if I win. I, I, my entire goal was not to lose, and I came so close to one year, and I was very happy that it worked out. I, of course, have lost once. Yes, that was the year was that the I truly came truly disturbing punishment of the peanut butter uh, uh, mayonnaise sandwiches. <sighs> Just wretched. I puked for an hour afterwards. It yeah. was way over the top. Uh, if you missed it, we are bringing the Picks League back this year, and it is the biggest group we've ever had in the Picks League. Um, this year's punishment came to me because the reason why we're doing picks this week is because there's a football game that involves a local team this weekend. Navy is playing Notre Dame in Dublin. So I'm thinking about Ireland. And then I remember that uh, our guy Alex Collins had just passed away a couple weeks ago, and of course Alex Collins was very well known for his Irish dancing. And then Sinead O'Connor also passed away this year. I was reminded that when I was playing trivia, and I was like, let's do an Irish theme to our punishment this year. So, our Irish-themed punishment this year has an eating element. As the loser, we'll have to enjoy tripe, which, if you're not aware, is stomach. <laughs> I don't understand what's... Some delicious blood sausage. Now, for what it's worth, Ken, like that's when I approached our guy Tim from Bel Air about these things, he said, I don't know, those are both good. And I said, all right, well, I don't like that. But then, good news, he looked it up again. And he said, well, actually, when they're prepared in Ireland, they're much worse. I said, that's what I like to hear. But Tim, because he's an adventurer, because mm-hmm. every time I talked about like an Irish name, everybody said, well, what about Haggis? And I was like, I, I thought Haggis was Scottish. Like, I thought that wasn't – Tim wanted to make Haggis. So we're doing Haggis too. I know it's not Irish in any way, but we're doing it because Tim wanted to do it. That's the way it's going to be. So eating element first. There's also a drinking element to it. This is Because awful. you're going to enjoy a delicious Irish coffee. Just prepared Will Levis style. Your Irish coffee will be a mix Ugh. of Irish coffee and mayonnaise. Of course, he's a Hellman's man, so we'll go with Hellman's this time instead of Duke's. Okay. I had mayonnaise poured into my grundle last year, Casey. For God's sake, settle down over there. Calm down. That sounds like the worst thing it ever. It does sound terrible. You're right about that. I mean, right I mean now, that. kudos for him because he turned it into uh, an endorsement. He's doing, he's, he's doing quite well. I mean, I mean, yep. I mean, I mean, good for you, um, but... Wow. Yep. Yeah. Now, on top of that, there's a costume element. You're going to have to dress as the mascot from Notre Dame. We'll help you out with that. I have a big problem with that. Well, well, I don't. You, th- I, I just, I hate Notre Dame. I don't want to do it at all. Next on the list, although DJ Brown's been really nice to us and has come on a few times, and he's a likable guy. It's tough. Next element to it, a performance element. Ah, uh, yes. First, of course. a singing element, and we will honor the late great Sinead O'Connor. Uh, loser will perform. Nothing compares to you, but also because I just simply want to hear one of us have to try to sing it. They will also perform. Zombie by the Cranberries. Hmm. And I missed that part of it. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning things. Fi- that, you, you know, these are all. The these were all in the text. I know, but you they were like. Co- by the time I got to it, to be fair, yeah. by the time I got to it, 
there was like a hundred messages back and forth. I miss I miss the entire punishment part of the deck. The final element of it is the other performance that Ken just brought up, which is to honor Alex Collins. You will perform an Irish dance. But unlike I was so bothered by Andrew Stecka clearly not learning what the worm or the stink face were ahead of him doing that. Yeah. Weirdo, right? <laughs> really I yes. I was so bothered by it that I decided we're not going to have that happen again. You're not just going to come in and be like, oh, I'll do an Irish dance. You know, you have to actually go take an Irish dance lesson. So however you do that, privately, in a group of people, whatever it is, you the loser will have to film themselves going to an Irish dance lesson or taking an Irish dance lesson and then come in and perform what it is that they learned here on the show. So that is the totality of the punishment. Can I do any version year. of Nothing Compares to You? You, you want to do the Prince version? Or you want to do Chris Cornell doing Nothing Compares yeah. to You? No, you have to do Sinead's okay. version. Okay. That's We're honoring Sinead. Just ask. You have to do that version. All right, so that's where we are. That's the punishment for picks this year. We get off to a soft start this week because there's only three games. Yeah. Only three games for our first round of picks. And again, as I warned you earlier in the show, what I would do if I were you, take any of Andrew Stecka's picks this week. And go to Superbook.com, use the code GlennClark23, sign up, deposit $250, and bet the opposite of whatever Andrew Stecka picked. And the good news is, if for some reason this is the one time all season that he gets one right, (laughs) you'll still get $250 worth of free bets because it's win or lose. If you win, if if it goes the way we think it's going to go, you'll get the winnings and you'll get $250 worth of free bets. Again, you got to go to Superbook.com, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and take advantage of that great offer. All right, three games this week. What are we picking? Week zero in college yes, football. Yes, week zero. zero. We're going to start with Hawaii heading to Vanderbilt. Hawaii at Vander- Vanderbilt. That one's at 730 on SEC Network. And the Commodores are 17.5-point favorites against the uh, Rainbow Warriors. I, uh... I got to be honest with you. I was like, well, Hawaii was terrible last year, weren't they? Like they were not they good. were they were awful. So I figured like you got to go bet Vanderbilt. But then I just happened to poke around and I was like, wow, Hawaii, yeah, they were bad, but they weren't getting blown out in these like they got blown out once. Once. And, well, actually, they got blown out twice. Somebody else in the Mountain West yeah. blew them out too. But and then I did look and see that they opened the season last year against Vanderbilt, and I don't have the score in front of it. It was something like 63 to 10. It, it was, wasn't good. It was 63 to 10. 63 to 10. Yes. So, Vanderbilt. That is the answer. So that's probably where... And because, admittedly, I know nothing about... We, we picked the three games that involve a power conference team this mm-hmm. weekend. Vanderbilt's the only other power conference team playing, so that's why we picked the game. I know nothing about either of these teams. I just know that they won by 53 a year ago on the road, so at home I'm going to like them by more than 17 and a half. So, yes. Uh, but I throw away the 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 first game because it... It was the first game. Weird things happen. Um, it's the first game this year, too. Ho- yeah. But Hawaii, Hawaii down the stretch, and they have a lot of people coming back, including quarterback, which I forget his name right now. They put up some points last year. And, you know, historically, I get Vandy was better last year. They were 5-7 and seven and, you know, did, did for Vandy some good things. I will... Never take Vandy. I understand the given, thought process. Giving up. Yeah. I, I mean, get, if I'm get getting it. 17 and a half and I'm playing Vandy, I don't know many teams that I wouldn't take with 17 and a half. So I'm going to take the Rainbow Warriors 
pretty much because I love their nickname. Remember, this is a Hawaii team that only beat Duquesne by 10 points last yeah, year. Yeah, I get right. you. I get uh, you. But the high scoring week, I, I'll get you. Uh, high scoring, not going to get ambushed like they did last year. In fact, they may outright win the game. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Take it to Superbook. I've already That's bet it on Superbook. Bold. Oh, that okay. is bold. Holy crap. Uh, I am much more along the lines of Glenn. I don't know a whole lot about either yes, of these Admittedly, teams. I don't know anything. Yeah. Um, I do know who Hawaii's coach is because it's my guy, Timmy Chang, who I used to love. Uh, my God. Oh, my God. Was he good there was <laughs> nothing better than going out and drinking when you were young and coming back home. I, I don't think Hawaii plays on TV anymore. I think they're all in like, only no, local TV stadium or something. No, or? they're still the like midnight game. I, I thought I, I saw. I that think they're on, but sometimes. I don't think it's on TV anymore. I think it's I only like local they, broadcast. Hmm. I'm telling you, dude. When I was young, and Are I would go ESPN out, or something? and I, I would come back at like 1:30 in the morning, and on ESPN two, there oh, would yeah. still be a Hawaii. Oh, yeah. oh it was oh, yeah. the greatest effing Absolutely. thing that you could ever ask for. And I love me some Timmy Chang. Love those late night college basketball games. The oh, West Coast college basketball. Best. Uh, yeah, but I'm with you, Glenn. I don't know much about either of these teams. I know that Vandy destroyed Hawaii at Hawaii. So you know, thinking last year right. that the yes, that's, that, you know the travel would be an issue for Vanderbilt, it wasn't. Uh, I still feel like it sh- would be an issue for Hawaii this season. So I mean, yeah, I I don't not knowing anything about Hawaii uh, outside of them being really bad last year, uh, I'm gonna take Vanderbilt as well minus seven. For what it is, it's not like it's at an. It'd be weird if this game was like a noon kickoff and it was like yeah. a seven a.m. local time right. game for Hawaii. It's a one thirty p.m. local time game because it's a six thirty mm-hmm. kickoff. So it's not that. Uh, we are largely split. Oh, on we this have one. to uh, welcome some oh, newcomers yes, to yes, the league this year. So, of course, we have returnees to the league. Andrew Stetka, be- begrudgingly, is back. He wanted out. I would not sign his waiver. I did not allow it. Uh, he has to come back because, as I said, he needs to have his WrestleMania moment. He needs to have his baby. He's the guy that has to have his baby. Once he has, either he wins or, as I said, avoids losing in spectacular fashion. Once one of those two things happen. <laughs> He can be out. I'll be good at that point, but he cannot be out yet. So Steck is back. John Proctor, of course, is back. Uh, all of the former producers of the program are back with us. Uh, Kyle Ottenheimer, who swears that he makes his own picks now, and it's not his cousin who makes them any longer. I'm skeptical about that. <laughs> but I also don't care. I don't care. Nobody. Yeah, I think Kyle's cousin was terrible at picking. Like, uh, of course, Paul Valley, who I'm pretty sure has never watched a college football game in his life. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he could tell you who was the Heisman Trophy winner last year. I don't, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just know he's not a college football guy. Joining the crew this year, another former producer of mine. He was here yesterday. Ryan Chell has joined the crew. We welcome Ryan into the fold. Also joining the crew this year, two of our uh, our best friends, our um, our guys that have always been supportive. Both John and Little Rock is joining the crew this year, which would require, of course, him having to fly home. In order to serve his punishment, much like Andrew Stecka has a couple times. And, and he says, can't wait. And again, <laughs> Dr. Nick Kelly, <laughs> who we know from UMBC and is has been a, a champion of all of our charitable efforts with helping up Mission over the years. Nick Kelly is one of my favorite human beings alive. And uh, he asked if he could get in. And then everybody saw in his email signature, does that say PhD? <laughs> the hell is wrong with you getting into this? But Nick Kelly has joined the crew this year. So 10 of us, which means there is a $250 pot at stake, which yeah. is the biggest we've ever had. Of course, all of you have to pay. Yes. Like, you do have yeah. to do that. 
Um, but that's not really why we do this. We do this to avoid being the loser. That's the point. So welcome to the newcomers. Quickly run through. Because uh, this is going to be a problem now with 10 people. Yes, every, yeah. You just got to tell who's Glenn on what I, side, who's on what side. Glenn and I own Vanderbilt, uh, along with John and Little Rock, Nick Kelly, and Ryan Schell. Ooh. And then on Hawaii will be Paul, <sighs> Kyle, Ken, John Proctor, and... Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, tough to start the year 0-1, pal. Really tough way for that to go. Uh, next. Next up, the number six USC Trojans will host San Jose State and the Spartans. That's at 8 o'clock on Pac-12 Network, which... Uh, the only... The, the, yeah. the reigning Heisman Trophy winner is playing in a game on week zero, and no one can watch it. Just... I wonder why that league is dying. I wonder why there will be no Pac-12 yeah. moving forward. Uh, the, Although there is a Pac-12 team playing in this game because I think San Jose State will probably end up in whatever yeah, the future up, of the Pac-12 the, is. The Pac-6 uh, yeah. or whatever they yeah. end up being. Uh, they are favored by 30 and a half. The Trojans are. So I thought this was a slam dunk, right? Like, it's what do we know? It's Caleb Williams. It's USC. Uh, I had to be reminded that USC's defense was not that good last season. And, in fact, as you remember – they completely asked the bet against Tulane in the bowl game late where they had a what a, a two touchdown lead in like the final 5 minutes and blew it to lose to Tulane. I think that was yeah. was that the oh, Cotton that game bowl? was amazing. It was a great game, 100%, but we all kind of forgotten about that. Um San Jose State was pretty good as a veteran quarterback can score some points. I don't like 30 and a half. I don't like that number. I think USC wins comfortably, but I don't like more than four touchdowns here, so I'm actually going to go San Jose State to cover the big number. I think the hook here is my problem. The <laughs> hook? The hook? <laughs> the hook? <laughs> Ken's like, look, man, I, I, my, I ran my model. It's 34 to four. That's what I've got here. It's, I see two it's, safeties it's for 30, San Jose State. It's 30 and a half. Yeah. I, I don't I, – I mean – in this the world is, of this betting, is Caleb Williams, in the le- it is, but that's the only reason it's 30 and a half because everything you just said is so true. Their defense was awful. And by the way, and people are going to say, oh, well, it's San Jose State. Um, did you see the numbers they put up last year they offensively? Did. They scored some points. I don't, give me San Jose State. All right. Uh, I'm sticking with USC here. I mean, I think Caleb Williams is uh, – I mean, USC wants to make another shot at the college football playoff, and that's going to have to start week – I was going to say week one. Week zero, and Caleb Williams, I think, as long as as long as long he stays on the field, I guess that's the other scary thing is that they probably – they, I think they go up so big and early that they probably take Caleb, Caleb Williams out early I in the second half. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're underestimating I, San Jose I, State. I, uh, right. Their quarterback is named Siobhan Cordero. And uh, he is, I think, a sixth-year quarterback at San Jose State. He's 32 years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> Threw for 3,251 yards a year ago, 23 touchdowns, six picks. They're not nothing, man. Yeah, they're not. They're not nothing. All right, I'm taking, I'm taking USC. Well, uh, you already made the pick. You yes, can't I, change I, it now. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, Ken's, Ken's at, uh, what, you, what did you pick? You picked, I picked San Jose State. You picked San Jose State. Yes. Okay, all right, I'm on USC. By the way, didn't get the song. Didn't get the Took two picks in for him to not be listening to what it is that I said. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. Two. There's a lot it's of names. Like like second game of the you year. To, you did. You did invite second ten people this year. year. I understand that, but I was the one talking. I'm They're not USC. talking currently. Alongside me is Kyle, uh, John Proctor, John and Little Rock, Nick Kelly, Ryan Shell, and then on San Jose State. No, <laughs> no. I'm gonna go no twice. Uh, You're only Paul with Valley. Them once. Paul Valley's with you two as well as Andrew Stecka oh, on San Jose State. Uh, we had a good run. The undefeated season comes to an end. 
The dream and, uh, is over. The, the final game of the, the Week Zero slate. We're just doing three games. The Navy midshipmen take on Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish in Dublin, Ireland at 2.30 on NBC. Notre Dame is favored by 21 even. Ooh, that went up. It was 20 and a half, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I liked it there. 21. I mean, I guess I end up with a push, so it's not the end of the world. It's always the tricky thing, right? Like, on paper, Notre Dame should be much better than Navy should. But Navy's defense, I think, is better than a lot of people around the country realize because we always just associate Navy with triple option. And Navy's defense was outstanding. There's a reason why Brian Newberry is the head coach because Navy's defense was outstanding a year ago. Uh, a lot of people around the country, like the, the, the slick play, is bet Navy to cover in the first half. That's how I feel. Because it takes teams a little bit of time sometimes to adjust to service academies. I still think that ultimately Notre Dame gets things figured out during the course of the game. And while I don't love the number, I am going to – I hate I, – it, it burns me. Like there's a part of me that just wants to say, the hell with that. Pick Navy for fun. But I am going to pick Notre Dame. Wasn't last year like really close? Was it uh, last I thought year it was, was close for a little ago? while. I think I two years ago. I don't remember. Uh, it, it just, I agree with the first half thing because, you know, that. but the teams know each other so well. It, I, I can't. I want to. I hope Navy beats them. But it was I'm last gonna, year that was close. Last yeah, year was 35-32. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was like they came back oh late. Like they came back late. Oh, my God. They, they came back. Because you're right. right. It was, score in the second half. That's right. Right. A hundred percent. It was like a blowout. And then, which goes against everything everybody's saying this year, it was like a blowout. And then they came back and, and right. actually had a chance to win the game. I, I I'm just gonna take Notre Dame and 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 be done with it. It's it's three. Uh, it's only three touchdowns, and it doesn't sound like you say only, but also Notre Dame was a team that took a little while to find their rhythm a year ago. They did. They but did. They ultimately yeah. did, and they add in Sam Hartman. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's. Uh, it's tough for me to pick Navy. God, I would be so I happy. Saw, to, well, I would be I'll, so I'll happy be, to lose this yeah, one. Yeah, I will oh, too. It would be the I will greatest. too. I, I, I mean, I don't want to lose it because they 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 stay within twenty. I don't want no, that. To, no, I don't no, want it to be no, like forty. No, I want them to win the game. Oh, it would be the greatest. Like, like win the game or just oh, get blown out. Oh. Uh, I'll take Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame as well. I saw a quote from Marcus Freeman last or earlier in the week, and he said something about the game uh, in November, and you know he wasn't happy with you know letting Navy back into the game and that game being as close as it was. So I think that's a little bit of kind of bulletin board material for them. And I think uh, with Sam Hartman, they're the, and they want to be a playoff team as well. I think they're going to come out strong, and uh, I also think they cover the 21 and more All right. against Navy. So on Notre Dame, myself, Glenn, and Ken, John Proctor is with us as well as Nick Kelly, and then on Navy. <sighs> Oh, no, oh, no, oh it's going the other way. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. Thank God. Paul, Kyle, oh, thank God. Oh, John, thank God. and Little Rock, Ryan Shell, and then well, they are good Americans. Up. They have that yes. going. Yeah, 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 which is yeah. nice. They have that going. Homers, all of them homers. All right. So the, you know the good news about having ten people in is it's less likely that we get um yeah everybody on the same yeah uh, on yeah, the same pick. We'll have, few, we'll have a few. Lone we should have, we should have this as a side bet. How many times? Yeah. Over under ten. Do we get a lone wolf? Do we get a lone wolf? How many we have last year? We have to look that up. John uh, normally kept track of that. Yeah. Well, no, he kept track of everybody's individual well, no. lone wolf record. Has John right. made a tracking sheet yet for this year? Do we know? Uh, not that I know of. All right, Proctor, need you to make a tracking sheet. Need you to get on that. That's important. With 10 people. Year. 10 people. So, I mean, Extra we had a good work. bit of lone wolves. If, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, but, I, I, but But that would be, that would be you know. It's going to be harder. Be, it's it's going to be, be much harder. harder to have a lone wolf. There's no doubt about it. Why is the NFL a little under 40? What's that? Why, why is Sarita not in this? 
She'd college football Oh, because nut. you know she'd never do these things. I know. She would never, never. pay one of these punishments. That would never happen. I would love for that to be the case. Maybe maybe part of the punishment is should it be that we have to recreate Rita. Yeah, or the, the little oh, my if favorite. If you have not the seen meme, the meme that, that credit is, to our buddy Andrew Steck yeah, for pulling quickly, it. Quickly, quickly. Steck uh, found that on the Mass and broadcast last night after Cedric Mullins uh, made the throw from center field, they panned over Rita and uh, Lacey DaCosta were there at the game. It was a neat thing they were doing where they they both their mothers have birthdays right mm-hmm. now. So they took both of their mothers to the game last night, and they pan over to Rita and Lacey DaCosta, and Rita is just raising the roof like it's 1997. Like she is, <laughs> and it's my favorite thing it's, in the it's world. The greatest it thing is in the world. just, I have to find more ways to use <laughs> yes. that meme during the course. God, it was wonderful. It was Absolutely great. wonderful. Absolutely great. We had a little under 40 lone wolves, it looks like, last year. 40? Yeah. Really? Because yeah, wow. each individual record, yeah, everybody. All right, so then I'll say we'll still find a way. Because there are some games, that, like with injured quarterbacks and stuff like that, we're all going to be inclined and to pick a certain And you way. all are a bunch of homers anyway, so. <laughs> you're And you hate Maryland football for whatever bizarro reason. Like somehow they touched you at some point in your life, and you've never gotten over it. You hate Maryland football, which – I, I mean, it's, I understand it works for out years, well, so picking against for most them is very part. smart for the way that it goes. All right, so uh, because you're here, let's get oh, into Oh, because I'm here. Because you're here. KZ is here. Those are the picks. We'll get them up. Uh, Griffin will get those up at uh, glennclarkradio.com. Only three this week. And next, year, next week we'll do, I think, seven. We'll try to do a, a, a larger college football slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then most weeks it'll be three college games and um, six, six NFL games will be the way that it'll work. Um. I am in a weird place, and I talked to you about it on the radio show a couple weeks ago, and you poo-pooed it. You were like, dude, no way. But last year, the Mm -hmm. value was not in the running backs in fantasy football. Correct. Last year, the value was in the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the tight ends. And I understand the argument that it could just be cyclical, it should just be a weird year, but I am more inclined to accept the idea that this is the nature of there aren't going to be healthy running backs throughout the course of a season. And it's more imperative for me to find the most explosive at other positions than it is to find the most explosive at running back because at some point during the year, I'm ultimately just going to be playing whatever running back is healthy that week. You are clearly not in agreement with me about that. Uh, uh, no, I'm not because... Have you moved the pendulum? Are there are there more wide receivers that are top 10 for you? Are there more... like are or is it? I, I think because it, and and this is the shift of the NFL. Like, there there are so many more wide receivers that I think could approach a thousand yards and eight touchdowns that it makes it easier for me. And and I'll give this example: if I can get a guy in the fifth round that I think can be a hundred catch, eleven hundred yard guy and score eight you know, somewhere between six to eight touchdowns, I'm okay with getting a couple of guys like that if I already have taken Kelsey in the first, a couple of running backs, or, or you know, decided that I wanted to start running back, running back, running back, and then take uh, a tight end. And, and I can find those guys this year. In, in my mind, I can find those guys in this year's draft. I'm pretty comfortable um, – and I know we don't like to admit it and, and, and things like that, but, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson's really, really good at yeah, football. I, I and it. and he's not going to, you know, everybody's looking at, he's being 
pushed down boards because he didn't score a touchdown last year. Well, that's an anomaly. We know that's an that's I, not going to happen. I he, agree he gets with you. targeted 150 times a, a year, no matter who the court. His quarterbacks last year weren't good. Ben wasn't good the years before. Like he, they throw him the ball. I know George Pickens is there. George Pickens. Everybody loves George Pickens. He may be one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. He's touchdown dependent in fantasy. He's not a hundred catch guy. You know, they have a tight end that they really, really like. Mm. I, I just, I, I, I look at certain things and, and I can go and the, and the guys that, that are three down running backs are just so few and far between. And, and we start getting in the question marks if we don't take at least one running back in the first couple rounds. Um, we start. Look, I, I, I love, I love Khalil Herbert. Let, let me make a, a quick point yes. about this and why, why there's still a separation for me. Mm-hmm. The Steelers in five of the last, so don't count Week 18 because it's not a fantasy yeah, not league, a fantasy right? Week. In the five weeks before that, the most important part of your fantasy season mm-hmm. scored 20 points once last year. But but points I, don't matter. I well, you say they don't matter. Well, they don't. Like that to me is the difference. To say he's a solid, he's gonna make, he's gonna have six or seven catches, you're gonna be fine. I I I tend to agree with that. But at the same time, now when you're playing in the fantasy playoffs and you need to win. I don't necessarily need solid. I need explosive. I need difference makers. And the idea that I can count on a running back from week one to still be a difference maker in week 16, I, I, I hope, but I'm hoping more than anything, I need to know that I've got, and I get it, there's only one Justin Jefferson, but you know what, I'm, I need to know that I'm, I'm getting someone that I can count on for a 30-35 point but, game but, at that point. But Glenn, we could go back every single year, and you look at, at weeks 14 through 16, and there are studs in fantasy football that just, they have a bad week and you're gone. No, I know uh, that, I mean, you're going to accept that I mean, it just, I it, it just happens every single week. I just, I've never played fantasy football like that, where, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, the, 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 you know, Houston Texans have the cake, uh, have the cake, you know, fantasy playoffs um, in weeks 14 through 16. So I'm going to reach a little bit and I'm going to take Damian Pierce ahead of uh, Joe Mixon because because they got a cake. You're not getting to the playoffs because it, it, take the best football players at that point and, and running backs, whether we whether we like it or not, even with so much passing, they touch the ball more than any other player on the field except quarterbacks, and they just do. I mean, you don't get you don't get the same thing out of wide receivers. Now, I'm not saying you know you pass up Justin Jefferson, you know, for Tony Pollard mm-hmm. in the first round, or or you pass on Chase because you're a little bit worried about you know Burrow. I mean, those are those are two of the top guys, and you just take you take. You know Tyreek Hill in the top four or five. You know over maybe someone like Derrick Henry this year. But I'm talking about, you know, I've I've gotten Eckler as late as the ninth pick in the first round. That's insane. No, I don't. That's that's insane. He was very frustrating last year. Uh, he was he. he? Very, he I get it. He ultimately ended up being was he? he was not. I we thought that it was going to be like Marshall Falk. Oh, and it okay, but that. but but it wasn't. But yes, it it may be as close. I mean, he's he was as close to uh, McCaffrey like a healthy McCaffrey like than any other running back in football. And I know, look, all let, let's start here. Every running back is disgruntled at this point. And that's uh, all. I mean, they're all this morning, they're all right? disgruntled, like, but they're all they got the only way to get money and to keep on making money in the league is to play. You know. 
Josh Jacobs, like uh, he sat out of preseason. You know, he's so he's healthy. Uh, he's the leading rusher in the league. They still are going to give him the ball, you know, 250 to 300 times. You don't pass up on that guy because he's disgruntled. You know, if if Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins show up the week before and well, have I, a full week. I don't know where Jonathan Taylor is going to be playing. Okay, but point. but 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 let's say they don't. They gave him till this upcoming Tuesday right. to to figure out a trade. After oh, we're not trading him. Um, but if he's the only way for him to make more money in the National Football League is to show that he's healthy and he plays. If you get hurt again, same thing with the same thing with Dobbins. If you get hurt again and you play only eight to nine games in the league this year again, and uh, you're not getting the big contract that you want anyway. So these guys, unfortunately, I mean, they had the big meeting, and the guy that called the meeting two days after me said, "Sorry, I'm gonna, I, I just got myself another two million. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys do you, but I just, uh, I, you know, I got my two million okay, and." I- you, you know what I'm saying? I, I hear mean, they, you. I mean, they I have hear to play. you. I just uh, you look. Look, there are a lot of guys that I like in the middle. Like if we're if we go zero RB, which right. is the big term. And and I don't even know that it's for me zero RB. I want to bring up another position. Sure. Hang on, because I want to come to what you're about to say is sort of what I'm feeling at the moment. Mm-hmm. You brought up Travis Kelsey. Yes. I am starting to think that I can't inflate the value of the three tight ends that I know are good anymore. Because what I went through last year in chasing at the tight end position was a hell unlike anything I could possibly des- describe. Trying to go from Chigakonkwo to <laughs> Dulcich to Jelani Woods to whoever I could possibly find yep. for that week. Playing Taysom Hill because, yep. like, the hell else do I have well, to do here? Why not? Uh, it was hell. It is. To the point where, obviously, Travis Kelsey is inflated. You know, like, Travis Kelsey is a first-round pick. Like, yeah, I get yeah. that. But I'm starting to wonder if George Kittle and Mark Andrews aren't also not being valued enough because the drop-off past these guys is so severe that it almost becomes hellish if you don't have one of them. So, so here's the thing, and 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 you're right, it is. I I, I mean, I play in one of these two. T- like I, I think have, Waller will be okay in New York, for how long? but like yes, for how correct. Long? You know, and Hockett, we all thought Kittle, Kyle Pitts was Kitt- supposed to be the next guy, but right, Kittle's Kittle's gonna be how long? You know, Kittle and Waller are the two guys that are in the top five of you know most rankings at at tight end. That you're like, sure, if they're on the field, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden. Out of nowhere this week, Hawkinson doesn't like his contract, and all of a sudden he's out of practice. Right. You know, we all love Mark Andrews, but am I really, uh, you know, there's only one football, and we see all the weapons now in Baltimore. It, it you know, and he, he had some touchdown regression last year. Do we, how much do I trust? And I got to, in order to draft him, I got to pass up on that mm-hmm. wide, that top 15 I, wide receiver or that top even I maybe you, but 10. What if you don't have him? What so, are you doing if so, you don't have him? So you're punting. And, and, and there are some guys that, look, you, you can, same thing. I'm going to, I'm going to take my chances with Ingram and Higby and Fryermuth. Maybe even in Joko, although I'm kind of out on everything Cleveland Brown wise outside of Chubb. Um, but even later than that, Sam Laporte is going to be a starter in Detroit. Rookie tight ends okay, all, I, 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 are a but disaster. It, but, but it, but it's different. It's different now, and, and and this is why it's different. They're not asking Laporte to block. 
he's going to be their slot guy. Um, I look at, I, I, I even look at Musgrave a little bit, you know, I, and I know it's risky, but I'm looking for guys that have potential. I have been burned by rookie tight ends. I, so I much have, that it I, always is. Kate Odden's a guy that's being ignored in yes, fantasy yeah. who's going to be a starter. Another guy that's being ignored in fantasy that if you look at once he came back healthy last year was really, really good and really, really involved is in Seattle is Noah Font. And he's a really good player, and if he's on the field, you could do it. Even, even worse, we just saw him. We just saw him the other day. If Cole Turner's the starter in Washington, he's going to be very involved. Very involved. They, there's a connection there between right away. On this. No, You're I'm not trying, trying to sell you one. You're trying to sell me on what Cole I'm saying, Turner. What I'm saying is I'm not reaching Oy. in the middle rounds for Okonwu. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. No, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. so if I don't if I'm not if I don't get Kelsey in round one, and look, anywhere from for me, five or later, if you want to take Kelsey, God bless. I'm not arguing with you. His tier, it shouldn't even be one, two, three in tier. It should be one and it should be four. That that's that's Negative. that's the gigantic thing. And if I'm not comfortable with Kelsey in the second round, I'm out. I'm out on tight ends, and those are the guys that I'm going to go get, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to wait, and I can get Cole Turner in the 16th round and take my chances. But but you got to sometimes sometimes in fantasy, and this is how we do this. You got to believe your eyes. I, as you know, big Sam Howell guy. He was my number one quarterback coming out. Loved him. I thought I thought his junior year was fantastic. If he comes out his junior year, he's a top five pick, and he all of his weapons left. All of his weapons left, so he wasn't as good. Kid can play. He can play. And he loves Cole Turner. I, You know, I, I just – so I'll, I'm punting. I'll, I'll let you be the one. I'm I'll let you be the one. I'm punting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to – again, in the 16th I'm not, round – I'm not here resting my, my season I'm on Cole saying, Turner. I'm not saying that, but I'm also not – For God and everybody. But, okay. So, tell me this. Tell me this. Yes. David Ajoku. Everybody loves David Ajoku. Yes. What do you think his numbers are at the end of the year? Give me, just give me well, a, I don't, I mean, I 400 give me a yards. Yeah, no. no, not 400 yards. Uh, it, not does he get to 800? And, yeah, and I don't think so. You don't think? Okay. I don't, so uh, if you, oh, uh, hold on, let's go right there. Okay. How many touchdowns does he score? Does he score six? Does he score four, eight? Five. Yeah, four, um, yeah. Even lower end, four. 405. You're going to take that cat in the eighth round? Give me Cole Turner. Yeah. Give me Cole Turner in round 16, and I, I will, I, have, okay, the I deepest, I, I will yeah. have the deepest roster in the world, and I'll take my chances that that guy can come at least within a millimeter of what Njoko does. And I'm saying I'd rather overpay for a real guy. I'd well, rather, but who are I'd you overpaying for? For Mark Andrews. I'd okay, rather well, overpay for Mark you, Andrews. That's fine. And that's the problem is in Baltimore, you can't overpay for Mark right, Andrews. Yeah. Somebody's well, gonna no, take somebody's going to take that him, really and that's is, fine. Because that somebody's really going to go in the first round of your, yeah. your local draft. But but if And, and that's fine. But but now, if you start wide receiver in round one, mm-hmm. and you go Mark Andrews in round two, mm-hmm. yeah. where are we at running no, back? No, I get it. I where get are we at saying. running back? But at some point, I'm going to be playing those running backs is anyway because they're all getting hurt. They're, but is you're not. Every single one of them is getting hurt. But you're not. You're not playing those guys. You're God. not playing those guys. You're look. There's a there's a there's a spot for me. About the, let's go the seventeenth to the. I'm going to call it 17th to 26th running backs on my list Mm -hmm. that I'm okay with, but I'm going to read you the names real quick, and you can come up with a question mark about every single one of them, Mm -hmm. okay? Rasheed White. 
Sure. Miles Sanders. Sure. Cam Akers. James Conner. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook. Javante Williams. Cam Akers is going to J- win me all my fantasy leagues last year. J- so- J.K. Dobbins. James Cook. Brees Hall. Khalil Herbert. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, no, I, get it. I mean, I like a lot of those guys. Yeah. I love James Cook. I think I think he's yeah. v- so undervalued. I think James Conner may set a record, Arizona record, for the most touches in the history of football. Right, because they're not going to throw the ball. Because right? right now, and they don't have the guts to do this, yeah. but they they were, they were they drafted a kid that I absolutely loved and thought he was so undervalued. Clayton Toon can play. I, I'm starting him over Colt McCoy. They you. just traded for Josh Dobbs. I hear you. I hear you. That's what they feel about Colt McCoy. They dra- they traded yep. for Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs can't play. I know. I know. I know. I get it. He can't play. I get it. I, get I, I it. just I just it, it's a it's a hard thing to do. I just I, I I literally break out in sweats when I don't take a running back in the first two rounds. I, I, it's like yeah. it like it, because I, I'm looking at it, it and I'm like, okay, well, and I started so many drafts this year. Like when I pick at the back half of the first round, I started so many drafts either CD Lamb and uh, St. Brown or St. Brown and Garrett Wilson, right. and I feel really good about it. And then I'm like, oh, how, how many of these running backs do I have to take now in the next four rounds to be comfortable with two? And that's it. And it also depends on your league. I mean, most leagues you have to start two. <sighs> Uh, Troy in the YouTube chat. He wants to know if uh, he says hi to Glenn. Oh, what's up, Troy? Yeah. That, it does make me feel better. Uh, and then he wants to know if it's still safe to take more than two running backs in the first three rounds. Uh, yeah, it's safe. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Again, do you lean again? I do it all. Get hurt. I get do it all. I do it all the time, and then I come back. You know, if I can, if I can come back in rounds three, rounds four, five, and six with Deontay Johnson. Um, Cortland Sutton, Gabe Davis, you know, Zay Flowers at this point for me, throwing some Sky Moore in case he's the number one in Kansas City. Uh, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll Sky, work it out. Sky Moore was a guy I heavily invested on last year, and so that's why I, I, like, I always get – when I get burned, you're, 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 I won't you're, go you're, back. You're a year ahead. And I know. I know what's going to happen. You is know. He's going to be the guy that I thought he was going to be look, a year ago. Look, you know um, – they're, they're uh, I like I I rather take Romeo Dow Dubs Dobbs, Dobbs yes um over Christian Watson that's my favorite part of the year Ken I know, doesn't I know what anybody's name is I know I know their names I can't pronounce well, said them. a Conwu earlier for Chickaconquo which was I enjoyed that one too. yeah <laughs> you know uh fair where enough, do you, where do you want to go where do you want to go with Rashid what Rice. Yeah, have, have you seen, have you seen this kid in I, preseason? I, I, liked, I like him a lot. Yep. I love him like coming him out of college. But you know I like what? Him a lot. The Sky Moore thing from a year ago right, might right. also turn me it off might, for might, Rice this year. Jonathan yeah. Mingo in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, he looks like the real deal. I mean, you know, uh, you you look at a guy. I mean, the Giants have fifteen thousand wide receivers. Um, you know, who's so going to break? Who's going to break through? Right? through. Yeah. But you know, you love you love what you see out of Hyatt preseason. Um, by the way, Isaiah Hodgins may have been one of the aspiration, one of the the big finds in fantasy football down the stretch last year. He was catching five to seven balls a week, getting some touchdowns, things like that. Um, you know, they're they're just Marvin Mims now with the with the Judy uh, injury. We'll see how bad that right. is. Um, you know, I, I they're just. 
I just feel well, like that, I that is what you're talking about is my problem is that I want to collect every rookie that I liked in the draft right. at well, some yeah, point, yeah. Well, and that ends up biting me in the well, ass. Well, yeah, but you gotta you you gotta get your established guys first. Well, I agree with that, but I'm saying that at some point you during know. the draft, like every pick that I make ends up being a rookie that I was in love with coming in, and then I just I feel like an idiot. Because you know, like, why I, mean, I, I mean, and there's just so many guys that I, that I have questions for that are out that just outside the top fifteen. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. I know, you know, Amari Cooper. I mean, he's good I mean, one week. He's terrible offense. for two. You know, DJ Moore. Everybody's really happy that he caught a one-yard pass around seventy yards. But that's very exciting in the preseason. I, I but then, am, I'm extraordinarily bullish about everything in Chicago. Everything I, I, I in like, Chicago, I like I'm the things about. in Chicago. I'm very bullish. But about the it. thing, I, I again, I love Herbert. But then they, 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 Roshan Johnson. They, they drafted for a reason right. early. No, I agree. You know, you got guys. You know, it, can Keenan Allen stay healthy? I mean, he's a hundred y- hundred catch guy. He's one of the most automatic, most you know, reliable players and, in fantasy football. And in history. Tampa. I don't know. I love Chris Godwin. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, Baker's throwing the ball. Who knows? Where would you take uh, Michael Thomas this year? I'm I'm avoiding him because okay. you know. I mean, if he's sitting there, I don't even know where I have him. I have him as my 48th okay. wide receiver. So he's a he's at best on my team the fourth wide receiver I'm mm-hmm. going to take. So if I already have three studs and I I I, I look at I look at, you know, well, maybe, you know, if he's healthy. But he's been so injured. Oh, they love Olave yep. now. You know, they, they, they you know it looks like Kamara's going to be there the whole time. I, I just don't know how much volume and how long he's going to be healthy. I haven't seen him practice a full week already. I, I just I, – I, I'm probably out on him, um, to be honest. I, I just I, – I can't do it. Um you know, and and there's gonna, there'll be guys to emerge a, as we go forward, but there's just so many wide receivers. Um, you know, I, I I did something you know the other day. We were talking you know Ravens fantasy, and it may be the the most fantasy draftable oh no team question. right that they've had since Vinny was here, and, and yet I still can't tell you what I draft. Any well, of these well, receivers. but here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I said this. I was like. Where where's where's the wide receiver three on your fantasy team that you feel confident? And the wide receiver three for me is like the eight hundred to nine hundred yard guy with eight to ten touchdowns. Who is that guy? Like, there's only one football. There's four guys yep. in the receiving. And Mark Andrews will still be the well, guy. And that's, I, right. I include him in the four guys that oh. can catch well, I'm 800 saying, yards. Can, like, but he is the guy. He's the one guy I can separate from the others. Right, he like, could. I know what like, he's... Like, right now, I'm telling everybody, I was like, I guess the top one is Zay because of what we think he could be. But I, I don't... I mean... They got to draw the plays up. They got to draw the, the plays and put the ball in his Whereas hands. if you're just throwing it Beckham, down field. Beckham, I haven't seen him play football this year. Right. I mean, he's coming... I mean, he I, is what he is. Um, Bateman, haven't seen him play football this year. But if they're all there together, there's four guys on any given play that the ball could go to. And we haven't talked about the running backs yet yep. and whether there's more... So it's like it's really tough for me to move... You know, I'm excited about what the Ravens' offense could be, but outside of Lamar, it's it's tough for me to move those guys up in my rankings. I think I have Zay as my 39th wow. receiver, and he's the top one um, of the list. Uh, you know, I have Bateman at 42. I have Odell. I don't know where I at 56. Um, you know, yep. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I get it. I completely get it. Trent wants to know who your sleeper QB is. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Jared Goff will be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. 
you look at his numbers last year, 4,420, I think, eight touchdowns, only had seven interceptions. They brought in more weapons. They improved the speed. They improved their defense. The offensive line protected him great, and they're still together. I look at 4,500, 35 touchdowns. I think that uh, – and, the, and, the, and the rest of the division stinks now, okay? The rest of the division isn't good. There's no defense that's any good in the division, okay? Their offense is – Minnesota's offense is going to be decent, but you, you got you to knock, you know, Green Bay down a little bit. I, I just I, – I have bet um, Jared Goff over on touchdowns everywhere. I've bet the Lions to win – uh, over their nine and a half games everywhere, and I've bet them to win the division everywhere. I just think, I, I, I just look at that situation, and I, I love what that, since day one, the Campbell's been there. It's just been a turnaround. They're buying whatever he's selling. They play hard for him. I, 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 I think that's the easiest bet of all the bets is Jared Goff um, be over his touchdown total. It's just his touchdown total is less than what he threw last year. I, I just think it's a no-brainer. All right. All right. I can't do it, but I get it. I do understand. I like Jared Goff, too. I, I just can't do it. Can't he's, 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 nice. His ADP from the quarterback position is is the 17th is he quarterback. Really? He's wow. the 17th quarterback. I'm like, you're insane. I have him at nine. I like that. I have him ahead of Tua. Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson thing is just ridiculous to me. I always go late round QB, so I love, um, I love golf here too. I, I get golf. I have golf everywhere. I am ahead of Dak. I am ahead of Cousins. I am ahead of Rogers, Daniel Jones. Give me, give me, give me I, golf. By the way, for the what it's worth, when you listing those guys, I can I could probably agree on most of those guys. Yeah. Right? Like I do think that I would like to take a flyer on Richardson, but I get it. He's not. It's not worthy of having. I I, I just I'm seeing Richardson yeah. in the top ten. It's like I hear you. what? How? I hear you. How? I hear you. The guy stunk in college. I hear you. I just, I, it's, it's a freak. But, but it's the nature. He's a freak. But fantasy football is different than everything else. I understand. Else. It's well, somebody said Justin been, Fields was a great fantasy so, quarterback okay. a year ago. So, so, so evaluate this thing that I just heard the other day somebody right. say. Guarantee you that Anthony Richardson will lead all quarterbacks in rushing yards. No, like, I mean, right? Does, did everybody what? else die? Yeah. Like, hey. You're guaranteeing it? Right. Well, right. Uh, <laughs> Did Lamar and Fields yes. just disappear Correct. into the Correct. oblivion? Hundred percent. Come on. I, I mean, we could be bullish on people, but let's come on. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, pal. Okay. All right. Uh, I love you. Love you. We're gonna gotta take a break. If you want to hang, we gotta take a. Break. We still have one more break to take, and I'll we'll hang. do a tidbit and two. I got. Wrap uh, it up. Yeah, I got. I got a little bit of time. All right. Ken Zalis is here. He's with Fantasy Pros now. You can check his work out there, and of course, still at Fans Fantasy on Twitter. We'll come back in, get a tidbit and two, but to wrap it up for a Friday edition of GCR. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two N's in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports. Sports and that promo code GlennClark23. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland. Maryland5star.us for tickets. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. America's Biggest Bike Race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Hey, real quick, um, it was a big story yesterday, and it, it's just unfathomably sad. Um, Bray Wyatt, uh, WWE superstar, passed away at the age of 36. It's just un- unthinkable. And one of the most creative, um, unique performers. It, it, uh, he's not. He wasn't a pro wrestler. He was an artist that happened to participate in pro wrestling. Um, a presence unlike anything we really had ever. I mean, the if, if you don't watch pro wrestling, but you're aware of like the Undertaker, imagine that, but like drastically more creative and more interesting and more. 
a truly amazing um, as a presence and just unfathomably sad. And um, we convened last night. We did an episode of Jobbing Out. If you go to glennclarkradio.com, there's a link to Jobbing Out, and you can find the new episode. And our buddy AJ, of course, Top Dollar from WWE, like messages late last night, and he was really emotional. And, you know, I, I know this because, like, I went – to WrestleMania with AJ when AJ was not a professional wrestler, when he was a football player and was just a fan and he wore sheep's masks because he just loved Bray Wyatt and what Bray Wyatt was doing was so unique. And we would like AJ and I would show up somewhere and we walk in and be like, we're here. Like we would just do that all the time because we were such fans of what this man was doing. And AJ got the opportunity to befriend Bray Wyatt and, um, actually was the last person that worked in ring with Bray Wyatt, like the in a segment where Bray just came out and threw AJ out of the w- ring, and it was truly a dream for him. And so it was a really emotional conversation talking to AJ about what Bray Wyatt means to him and um, just absolutely unfathomable, unfathomable that Bray Wyatt is gone at the age of 36 or Wyndham Rotunda. Um, an incredible, incredible performance. It's very difficult to explain to people that are just like, yeah, he's a pro wrestler. Yeah. You, you, no. you don't. No. And, and the word, and the, it's, uh, it, I mean, first of all, I was totally shocked and didn't no. happen while we were at the uh, soccer yeah. game yesterday. And I come in home and, you know, turned on something. I'm like, what, what? And because there was all this stuff about, you know, he was coming back soon and dealing with stuff and, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, I, I said this, yeah, it was a tough, tough week to be a wrestling fan because, yeah, you know, Terry Funk I mean, Terry Funk, away, who yeah. never, ever, you know, in, never got the credit he ever deserved. No. Um, and I, I mean, the, you know, he sort of got his flowers, you know, uh, you know, from from, you know, the industry. But I, I never appreciate for for bringing in so many different aspects of wrestling that you see today and, and, and um, go on YouTube. And, you know, every match that you see today that are your favorite gimmick match. Yeah, he he, he brought that to the mainstream, um, most likely. Um but the Bray Wyatt thing is so it's so sad because you know so underutilized like like just well despite the fact that he had major major moments right like he was the, he but still but the but the the major moments were never followed up on like in my opinion like like yeah okay uh, I could hear you I could hear that I mean it I just never like the Wyatt family thing was just so oh. good. I mean, it was so good. The way we would all be in Oh, my God. I mean, and, and if you've never been to a li- like a live show, I, and I thank goodness at this point I was able to see the live show twice with, with the Wyatt family yep. and the entrance. Like, we talk about entrances and things like that. It was unreal. I mean, for a heel to be turned to organically – be a face because of everything and how great and creative he was and the fireflies and just seeing all the lights. Uh, it's just, you know, we talk about the Batista entrance. Mm. That's what it reminds mm-hmm. me of. That's what it, that's what it was. It was so special. 
Um, and it was special every time. It didn't, didn't matter that it was the same every time. And it's just oh, you were you immediately the immediately. moment it was, it oh, was just oh, everything stopped. Oh, everything, everything stopped. Everything. You put your cell phones on. You waved them, and it was yeah. like, and you looked around the arena. And it's like, oh my goodness, this is this is a thing. Um, and but still, so 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 sad because I thought there was so much more, and you know, it's just nope. it's just tough. Nope. Um. Yeah. I would encourage you to listen to. I I yeah. got I got choked up like listening to AJ talk about it because I do know that's legitimate. Like that was that was one of his guys that he got to create with and come up run ideas by. And I it's ugh, it's unfathomable unfathomable yep. that he's gone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's no no easy way to <laughs> no transition. way to go through that. No yeah. easy yeah. way to transition when you're talking about somebody passing away at the age of 36. Let's get a tidbit though. Tidbit uh, brought to you by the Stan the Fan uh, Show, which was back this week, and Stan caught up with uh, Bo Smolka as well as early in the week he, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson got together. You can find those shows facebook.com/pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com/pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com/video. Yeah, we need a mic. Yeah, Steven Strasburg uh, announced his retirement yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, an interesting, like a compelling story in baseball history will be the Steven Strasburg story. He threw 36 and a third innings during that 2019 uh, postseason World Series run with the Nats uh, as he won the World Series MVP. Since then, he has thrown a total of 31 and a third innings Mm -hmm. uh, since that postseason run in the four seasons since then. So, yeah, disappointing. uh, uh, I guess end of the career for Strasburg, but yeah, integral part of 2019. Merrill Kelly last night became the second Diamonds, Diamondbacks pitcher in history with 10 strikeouts, no walks, and one hit or less allowed in an outing. I, I want to go back for a second. It's difficult to talk about Steven Strasburg because it's it's hard to find the line between talking about what Steven Strasburg was and what he wasn't. Because what he was should be overwhelming in comparison to what he wasn't. And yet the what he wasn't continues... Everyone remembers the baseball world stopped when Steven Strasburg debuted. Yep. The baseball world stopped. And it was unbelievable. And there was so much hype. And he truly lived up to all of it. But with always this thing, so this black cloud that kind of carried over him because of the shutdown, because of all the concerns about his arm. And while not a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher, he's in that, like, career that was damn close to being Hall of Fame caliber and yet still the fact that he was never able to get reach that next echelon stands out in so many ways it's a very difficult conversation to have about Steven Strasburg there's not one compelling thing to be said because again to the point he was he was exactly what he was supposed to be talent wise talent wise there was no question and he legitimately led a team to a World Series title and yet and and every time you talk about Steven Strasburg, we talk about the Nationals' decision to shut him down. But yet, you know, in hindsight, you say, well, probably they needed to shut him down. Yeah. And then at the same time, you say, or should they have just pitched him for as long as they possibly could have pitched him, just knowing that at some point it was all going to come to an end, which is what it did anyway. I, all relevant. Yeah, all relevant all, to discussion. All. But, but, you know, go back to 2019, and I think, I you know, MVP, obviously, of, of the World Series, but I think he threw... I don't know if it was five or six. I forget what the numbers were, but he's like five and one in postseason with a sub two ERA. He was just, he was everything. And 
you know, and people will use him almost as a cautionary tale um, at the end of right. the day. Um, and it's why uh, when people start saying the hell with innings limits, the hell with, I'm like, yeah. Uh, I understand that it's not black and white. I understand that it's not. But it all has to be considered. It's it's pitches. Can we go to numbers? Sure, whatever you want to call it. The idea that like someone just says, just just let them pitch. They're young men. Let them. Let's let them pitch. Well, yes. I mean, there there is. I mean, there there is that. But yeah, it's still it's a it's a you know pet peeve of mine when people say, oh, he's on he's on an innings limit. I was like, so. So Bautista the other day threw an inning of nine pitches, and right. you know the day the next day he threw an inning of twenty five pitches. Yes, those, those things are aren't equal, thing. yeah, you know. So it, it's pitches. It's it's the strain on the arm and how many pitches you throw. But it's a cautionary tale when you talk about you know giving pitchers, and we're about to see the the biggest cautionary tale in the history of baseball with what's going on with with with, with Shohei um, with his arm now. Um, but you know, they gave him that big contract because he was everything in that postseason and he was the guy. And then, like you said, you know, 200, what was it? $250 million contract and he threw 34 innings and you know, why don't you give a pitcher a big contract? Strasburg. Yeah, that's the answer. And yet they're also the team that gave the big contract to Max Scherzer, and it might be the greatest big big contract in pitching history. So it's like, you know, uh, it's just, you know, why do – you know, you, why do teams back out of deals after they see medicals? Well, I mean, yep. you know, how how long are you going to be able to pitch? Yep. Because you know, it's it's tough. Because he was, oh God, was he good? I yeah. when I when I was when when he was drafted, I was so sure he was going to be a thing. And this was back when I did cards. I bought a hundred of his rookie cards right away. And it was like through night through through nineteen, I was like. This is awesome. Well, and he was exactly as good as talent good. He was. Everyone said he was yeah, good. Yeah, he was. He was. And, you know. yeah, to your point, he was 5-0 and with a 198 ERA oh, yeah. in that postseason yeah, run. Unreal. Unbelievable. Uh, so Merrill Kelly joined with 10 strikeouts, no walks, and one hit allowed yesterday. He joined Randy Johnson as the only other Diamondback to ever do this in his 2004 perfect game. And then a fun stat from Jay Kuda last night. Uh, the he, he put together, well, not even a graphic. He just tw- tweeted out number of teams that have hit five home runs or more in a game at guaranteed rate field this season the white Sox have hit none mm. that is of course their home mm-hmm. ballpark mm-hmm. and other teams have had five such instances there you go there you go i mean <laughs> tough time for the white Sox. yes man uh and then i uh, they're gonna move to nashville though apparently that'll fix everything oh, oh is that what they're doing that's now that's the new rumor oh, oh okay. really well mm-hmm. at least it's not ball everybody's ball. moving right. to nashville everybody's moving yeah. yeah um and i want to stay on that jay I, I like uh, the idea with the one homer and one stolen base seasons how about the most games all time what player has the most games all time with a home run and a stolen base can you give me the top six ricky henderson ricky henderson is second Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is number one. 102 games for Barry Bonds. Ricky Henderson had 87. God, you know, this can go either way. That's the mm-hmm. difficult part. It can be someone who had a ton of home runs that just hit enough stolen bases or someone who had a ton of stolen bases that just hit enough How home about, runs. How can, about, can I go old school a little sure. bit? Sure. Andre I, Dawson? Uh, Andre Dawson not in the top hmm. six. Um, How about Alex Rodriguez? Alex Rodriguez is third, 65. Andre Dawson was about top 15. Thirty-eight games. Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa not in the top six. Sammy Sosa. The problem is like the two he had two different careers. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like it was the he stolen did. bases and then the home runs. Yeah. Um, Sammy Sosa's tied with Babe Ruth. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Babe Ruth probably stole lots of bases. Yeah, though. yeah I'm sure. 
Griffey. Ken Griffey not in the top six. Again, wasn't that's yeah. a good, that's a good but one. only a stolen base guy early in his career. Yeah, you know, but, like, but but yeah, it was hitting enough home runs enough that it was runs. possible. Uh, Ian Kinsler, not Ian Kinsler. Tim mm. Raines. Like that. Tim Raines is a good guess. Not in the top six. Mm. Jimmy Rollins, not Jimmy Rollins. That's a good guess. How about how about Craig Biggio? Not Craig Biggio. Mm. Mike Trout. Mike Trout is a good guess, but he's not in the top six. He has, uh, where is he? He has 36. He's slightly behind Andre Dawson. Not Willie Mays. Willie Mays is in the top six. He had 58 Oof. such games with a home run and a stolen base. I wasn't going back that far. <laughs> Two left. Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran's an excellent guess. He is uh, just outside my arbitrary cutoff there. He's top eight. Mm. Damn. Man. I'm guessing they're modern. Uh, they're no, they're 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 not oh. like old old school, but they're like not old. Okay. So old I'm not school. I'm not doing yeah. old timey baseball no, names. That's yeah. a shame. I do 60s, love old timey baseball 60s, names. 60s, 70s, 60s, 70s. 70s. You probably know him from the 70s. 80 years ago. Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan, in fact. Oh, yeah. How about that hint. <laughs> and then one more. 60s, 70s. Joe DiMaggio. Not Joe DiMaggio. Oh, you said it's we, a little bit far. Yeah, that's it's a too little far too back. far back. Yeah, too far back. A little too far. How about Carl Yastrzemski? Not Yastrzemski. American League or National League? Uh, National League. Thank you. Uh, I was going to say Reggie, so I'm glad you asked There that. you go. Shares a very uh, big connection. Stan Musial. No, not Stan Musial. Very big, big I thought you made a big connection to Stan the fan show. Yes. Yeah. I thought that's where you are going Connection to uh, uh, another guy on the list that we already named. Bobby Bonds. Bobby Bonds, yeah, in fact. Oh, there, there you go. There you go. Yes. There you go. Hey, thanks for all your help, pal. Thanks for all hey, your I had there. some good guesses. They yeah. just weren't there. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it went. You nailed it. That's how it, that's how yeah. it usually goes with me. I'm mm. terrible with tidbits. If I did the top 20, yeah, Ken would have had a, a few. Okay, there you go. You got that going <laughs> right, for there you. There you go. You got that going for you. It's really your fault that you made it arbitrary. Yeah, right? What a yeah. jerk this <laughs> Griffin is. All right, let's, you want to do the top 20? No, no it's 1232. We got to go. Tubular brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Rockies Orioles, tonight 7, Kyle Freeland and Cole Irvin on Masson. Tomorrow at 7, Chris Flexen, which I don't know why I giggle about that too. Chris Flexen, Mm. that's his name, against TBA. That could be Jack Flaherty. If it's not Jack Flaherty, I guess it's Kyle Bradish, and then... On Sunday, Sunday, it's either Jack Flaherty or Grayson Rodriguez, right? Like, that's where we are yeah. for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Ty Block goes for the Rockies on Sunday at 1.30. All the games on Masson this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, as we mentioned, Navy-Notre Dame, 2.30 from Dublin on NBC. St. Francis kicks off their football season against Chaminade Madonna from Florida, I believe. Noon on ESPN tomorrow wow. for St. Francis. Uh, Ravens Buccaneers tomorrow night at 7 on WBAL and all the rest of the college football schedule you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Maryland soccer is on Big Ten Network on Sunday night at 7 o'clock against UNC Greensboro, who apparently is like a top 10 team in the country. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Did not realize that Greensboro was such a soccer power. Just news to me, man. News to me. Uh, Everything else, glennclarkradio.com. Find it there. Uh, AEW All In is Sunday 90,000 people in London. With, you, with you mentioning St. Francis, I did watch BS High uh, last night. I Well, you weren't here yesterday. Yeah. I was tweeting about it on Wednesday night, and the, the, the psychopath 
was apparently searching for his name really? on Twitter I, and started following us, and I immediately blocked him. That dude ha- needs insane. to be under a jail. Like, that guy is as evil a human as I have ever seen. That is some terror. Speaking of which, uh, I'm hosting the night 7 and 9 on 105.7, and Griffin's going to be producing there because I just can't get enough of Griffin after his dynamite, <laughs> his dynamite uh, bang-up job on uh, Ken's theme music today. Um, You're welcome. I... I reached out to one of the Bishop Sycamore players is going mm-hmm. to be joining us on 105.7 oh, The Fan tonight, cool. uh, uh, Justin Daniel, who was an offensive lineman for Bishop Sycamore, to talk about his experience, which will be very interesting. We'll do that tonight. I think he's scheduled for 8.30 tonight to talk about that. Uh, okay, so non-sports-wise, uh, a couple things. The big one, I think, is on Netflix. It's the You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Uh, I've seen some Adam things Sandler. about that. Well, Adam Sandler's not like the main character, but it's like about his oh daughter. And they get, it looks I, it looks interesting to me. It looks yeah, fun. Yeah, you sound like somebody who would say that. What, you, that, that, sound, that, that sounds like something you would say. This sounds like You're also probably a person that swears by Hubie Halloween. I can't. Oh I, uh, I actually haven't seen that. All right, good for you. <laughs> it actually makes me feel better about you. <laughs> I can't confirm The number of people are like, dude, Hubie Halloween's actually really good. Not a chance. Nope. No chance in hell you will get me to spend two minutes with that. Or what's the basketball movie that everybody was swears to me is the greatest motion picture ever made? The the ba- Adam Sandler one. Oh, the one the, that came out last year. Yeah. Um, with uh, with Bo Bo Bo, Bo, Bo Cruz or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I did not watch Hustle. It. Hustle. That was sure. Was it was good. It everybody. Was like, ra- oh, it's so good. By the way, yeah, Uncut I mean, Gems was for what it's worth. Well, Uncut Gems was a very good film. And I can't confirm that you or deny. just never wanted to watch again. I can't afterwards. confirm or deny. It was. This is a Dude, it was good. What? You haven't seen it? I saw it. You don't think it was good? No. Oh, we strongly it. disagree. I think no, the Safety no. Brothers are... No. no, didn't like it. Oh, what am I supposed to watch from the Safety Brothers that Jeremy was... Uh, t- telemarketer. Telemarketer. I, I gotta watch the, that. Yes. I gotta watch the that. You've been watching yes. it? Sunday. Yes. All right, I gotta watch well, that. Well, that's three. I grew up in that world. I actually, as a senior in high school, spent... The greatest job I ever had was as a telemarketer for a mortgage company. Yeah. And if you could find somebody who had an interest rate higher than 8%, you were making money, baby. If you could get somebody on the phone long enough to tell you that their rate was over 8%, then it was turning into a new loan, and you were getting 1% of that loan. From age 16 till, I don't know what age, but 2003, I worked in the telemarketing industry. Wow, that was a heck of a run. I only what? did it. senior in high school, and it was all of my friends from high school worked at the same place. That sounds like fun. Dude, it was great. It was <laughs> the greatest job. Because then when somebody's MFing you, you're laughing about right, it, right? right? Because like you're there with your buddy. You're like, you're, wait, do you hear what this guy said? <laughs> and the guy that ran the thing was very clever. He was like, I'm going to hire a bunch of high schoolers, get them to hang out with mm-hmm. each other. Yep. And then he gave us incentives. He was like, mm-hmm. whoever gets the most apps tonight, uh, you know, we'll, win, we'll get 50 bucks or mm-hmm. whatever. Whoever mm-hmm. gets the – dude, That's I've – I, I, game. I loved that job. There was competition to join that crew. Like, because all the spots were filled. So when somebody would leave, there were like 30 people that all How wanted to come work. How did you do it? For my senior year of high school. Oh, wow. It was the greatest gig I could ever ask for in my senior year of high school. Just a bunch of 17-year-olds hanging out every night, making phone calls, and had, goofing off. We had the greatest crew. Like, we were... We're all still friends. You were pushing those penny stocks, right? And then no, didn't you marry your cousin? No, wasn't no, there a whole? No, 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 no. no, we no were, that wasn't. We, it. Were, we, we were selling magazines. No. Um, and then you had the little person, and you threw them up was, against. We're, the, we're also, you used in them fact, as a, in fact, didn't you guys have quick like a story? Thing where you're like, quick story. 1998, <laughs> first fantasy football league I ever played in. After our shift on a blackboard. We had a fantasy football draft in the telemarketing. Center. Okay, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. And we we. I think that league ended like maybe six years ago. Wow. 
It was great. That's cool. And we're all That's still cool. friends. Like it was great. Yeah, but it wasn't cool when you went back and wore a wire and ratted them out, and then <laughs> you tried never. to you tried to warn them that never. you were wearing a wire, and then the never. feds found out and they arrested you. And you let to put a shirt well, on. See, I never did know, stuff like, like that. <laughs> we sold oh. magazines for. But charity. you did all the, you did all the the, the Valium, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you did all. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's great. Uh, vacation Friends Two is out on Hulu. This no. is the John Cena. No, I didn't know there was a vac- no. Vacation. No, I one. I don't know why I watched it. I you watched, watched the, the first, first one. one. Yes. Mm. Was Steve Buscemi in the first one? Uh, wasn't what's his face in it? Wasn't Nick Offerman in the first one? Oh, uh, was he? Isn't that the reason why I watched it? I, I mm. swear to. Steve I don't Buscemi's remember. in this one. Sure, sure. He is. That interests you. No, the Flash is out on streaming. It's on. Uh, it's on Max. Nobody bothered watching it in the theaters. So yeah. I'm not sure why anybody would start watching it now. And of course, before Telemarketers Part Three, uh, Winning Time on HBO Sunday nights. So, oh, yes. Yeah. I am excited about yeah. this. Those are, those are the highlights for the weekend. KZ, anything I can plug for you, pal? No. Okay. Love you. Great to have you back. We'll be talking on Thursdays during the course of the season. We will be. Yeah, I, I have that understood yes, now. Right? Yeah, Very, confusing. Little, Very confusing. Very confusing. Little confusion change. there. <laughs> little confusion there. Nick Offerman wasn't in. What am I thinking of that Nick Offerman was, was in? Where he played. Like with John Cena or something? No, or I don't. There was something where he played a similar. like. A similar character to the John Cena character that in Vacation Friends, like oh. just a little bit of a wild card. God, it's confronting nuts. Whatever, I'll think about that later. But I definitely did watch Vacation Friends. Was I remember. It, uh, it wasn't Were the Millers, was it? No, it was We're yeah, the Millers. We're the Millers. Exactly. <laughs> yes. what he absolutely plays that kind of wild card character in We're the Millers. All right, very good. Uh, thanks today to Ken. Thanks to he's just Ken. Anywhere else he'd be a ten. Thanks also to uh, Jacob Webb, to Bo Smolka, John Kelly. We get it all up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Again, 105.7 fan tonight. Just me, Rita, and I. Sunday, one to four. Of course, the bat around tomorrow, ten to noon, with Paul and Zach. Stan will be a part of that. And then we'll be back on Monday with stuff and things. Yes. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass, Washington County, Maryland Cycling Classic, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds, go Navy football. Duke sucks. <laughs>